For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Dominating many of the front pages uh, this morning, of course, involved the uh, questioning of a couple in Kerry uh, with regards to the 1984 birth and indeed death of baby John. Uh, the Independent this morning quotes their solicitor in the papers this morning. This is Padraig O'Connell who says, Since when did DNA allow someone to be an alleged murderer? That's according to the solicitor uh, answering, answering questions to the media regarding the validity of the Kerry baby arrests. And the validity of the arrests are very interesting because that's what the mail leads with this morning. Solicitor questions validity of baby John arrests. Padraig O'Connell said he has serious concerns with the reasoning behind the arrests and the way Gardy went about their investigation into the unsolved murder of the five-day-old baby. He goes on to say, and he claims, that the current phase of the investigation bears similar hallmarks to the botched 1984 investigation, which of course saw innocent woman Joanne Hayes charged with baby John's murder before being subsequently exonerated, but not before an horrific uh, tribunal that put her through hell and horror. Uh, so lawyer says the current case has similarities. Baby John probe couple innocent, solicitor slams arrest and says the pair who were arrested and questioned are shell-shocked. They'd never been known to Gardee, they'd never been in trouble before, never had a visit from the guards, not even for a traffic offence. So that's a front pager making this morning star today. And the examiner, um, go one step further, a different angle taken by Neil Michael, who says that they could be waiting months, that they could be in limbo for months before they hear what's next. The two people arrested in connection with the Kerry Babies investigation could be in limbo for months. The man in his 60s, woman in her 50s, arrested on Thursday. In other newspapers this morning and online coverage, I've been reading um, that apparently, uh, and now at this stage, the couple apparently are known to many communities. I haven't, I haven't a notion myself personally, in case you think I might, but they're saying that they are well known in local communities at this stage and unfortunately now have to run the gauntlet of an awful lot of photographers and journalists. Um, so that's the, the latest on that. There could well be uh, some more updates on this uh, a little later on this morning in, in the sense that it's, it's one thing to have DNA evidence. It's a second thing to connect the DNA evidence to the couple, but it's a far stretch then to get a murder conviction based on a DNA match. So you can see where he's going with this. Uh, in other news this morning, of course, and uh, here is something that was before the courts and did result in a guilty verdict, and this is the deluded monster Graham Dwyer continuing to insist that he is innocent of the murder of Elaine O'Hara. So that's a front page I'm making this morning's uh, Red Tops, and I'm reading it from the Mirror this morning. Deluded Dwyer still denying Elaine murder. The sadistic killer refuses to accept the crime even after his appeals have failed. Is there another appeal in it? There probably is somewhere. So we'll await that one if it happens. Papers also this morning, including the Echo and the Examiner, uh, talk of our um, rallies on Leaside uh, over the weekend. And the No to Racism rally in the city centre was described as vibrant, uh, good-humoured, family-friendly, and those who attended heard speaker after speaker condemning 
those loud voices who are spreading hatred and division in the country. Uh, so that's a front pager making the echo today, uh, saying all are welcome. Um, and it's the racists that we should be kicking out of the country, not the asylum seekers. And those that do come here, primarily, say, for instance, with regards to uh, fleeing war in Ukraine. It's an interesting story in the Examiner this morning where schools across the country at this stage now are just being honest with the Department of Education. And they're saying they're pretty much at capacity now um, with regards to efforts to accommodate children fleeing war-torn Ukraine in recent months, um, that there's no more space. Um, and, you know, what do we do next? Where will the children be educated? Because Ukrainian refugees continue to come to Ireland. And at this stage, 14,931 Ukrainian pupils have been enrolled in schools across Ireland. And the split is pretty much like 10,000 in primary schools <coughs> and 5,000 in secondary schools. And that's the breakdown. And those records were released to the examiner under a free of information. So over 15,000 already uh, going to school on a daily basis in Irish schools. And the number of refugees in crisis has risen and continues to rise uh, and apparently has risen fourfold. This is the problems that refugees face when they come here and they reach out to the Irish Refugee Council. So 70,000 people have come from Ukraine and other countries last year. And that puts more strain on the Irish Refugee Council trying to deal with those who are in crisis. And those kind of crises can be very different. Difficult, of course. It can be dealing with a new country, trying to find somewhere to live, trying to get children into schools, perhaps try and get a job, which would be a great thing with all of the talent coming into the country. Uh, So, um, And then, of course, there was also papers talking this morning of other people who are struggling in their lives. And this is pretty shocking stuff. You know, gang culture. And much of the gang cultures that you're going to find becoming the norm here will be learned and mimicked from other countries. And a lot of it will be seen um, on uh, social media platforms, right? Um, and, and gang culture then spreads across the world because some want to copy others. So it wouldn't surprise you to hear that gang culture is getting worse and worse and younger and younger in this country of ours. So we have more and more young people now who are attending specialist addiction treatment centres. And while they're at these addiction treatment centres, they are talking about the bullying, the threatening behaviour, the intimidation that they have to put up with. The average age of a young person attending these centres is 15, right? This is presenting with addictions. Um, So the average age is 15 and three quarters of them are male. Um, But some of the things they're saying is quite alarming. So you're talking about thugs, right? And these involve both male and female thugs involved in in gang activity. Um, And the report claimed that service users, as in those that were reporting with addictions, reported gang members would force other people to kiss their shoes or kiss the ground before they'd be allowed to pass. Um, or they would urinate on them before they would allow them to pass. To pass. Uh, this is this is this is bizarre, really. Uh, you know, this isn't about initiation rights into a gang. This is just the bullying tactics of gangs, uh, who you know maybe uh, isolate and intimidate individuals. Uh, it's awful. I mean, imagine living with that and wanting to go out and about as a teenager and have a happy life. And you have to encounter these thugs. Um, papers also this morning talk of uh, more and more people out and about engaging in sexual activity. And that's all very well. That's nothing, no problem to see there. But SDIs are a problem. And by all accounts, um, one of the big increases is in 40 pluses. And that's why the Sun says this morning that the infection spike is in uh, the middle-aged age group. 
And I know it's not the nicest thing to be starting the week on a Monday morning to be talking about syphilis and genital herpes and chlamydia and things like that. But they're all on the increase and it's 40 pluses. I don't know whether that has anything to do with relationship breakdown or what or, you know, people coming out of COVID and deciding, you know, I, I want a happier life. I want to go out and meet somebody and, and, and so on and so forth. Maybe that's maybe that's a little bit stretched too far. And speaking of stretching or not stretching at all. You know, they've got a state-of-the-art gym. I mean, I'm talking about a kick-ass gym in more ways than one in Dáil Éireann. And I know I mentioned this some months back, but they're just not using it. And it's there available for TDs and senators. And they probably would say, "Ah, well, you have no time now. We're working way too hard to get anywhere near a gym. But I don't know whether that holds any water. But they're just not going to the gym. So this morning, which paper is this? Is it like the star of the Independent of the Mirror? Yes, the star, I think. Yes, the star. They broke down the number, right? And they said um, that uh, just 119 times in the entire year of 2022, the gym was used. Which means that somebody went into it once every three days. (laughs) For it's, maybe half an hour. But you're you're a recent gym bunny, aren't you? Aren't you yeah, I gotta go. I know, uh, Tony Martin, but I haven't been for weeks and weeks. I just I, I was just, gonna say what, what, would, what would your advice be to Leo and Michal to get themselves out? You know, to get the motivation to go to the gym. You know, what would you say if you had to go into the doll in the I'd morning? Probably, I'd probably out? give the Taoiseach and the Tarnished a, a pass <laughs> and say, "Listen, <laughs> I'm assuming you guys are too like if they were in the gym, people would be freaking." <laughs> Could you imagine? But it's the, but it's the the more unfit look. Kind of tubbier ones, you'd be kind of scooting no into names, the gym. No names, no, no, no names, names, no names, please. <laughs> but I love the headline. The headline is uh, the headline was unfit for office. I thought that was superb. <laughs> That's my headline of the day. Anyway, going but through it's the there, papers. like, and it's free, and I you've know. other people spending four hundred euro a month working Why for not? a living, I, I, going I to the gym, and they it's, there's people have no value in things that are free. But you see, this is the, like okay. So do we all know there the doll bar is uh, subsidised. Give me the, the numbers though, on how many of them visit the doll bar every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. But I'd love to like loads of businesses. They have like memberships where you get a you know you get membership you get membership off or whatever you get you know fifty percent off yeah, a local gym. Why do they need their own gym? Like why do they need a gym in the doll? Actually, it's a good point. We don't actually want them going to the gym. We want them to work. Yeah, if you're going, going like, to work, I don't see a gym in in red. You know, I don't see all state of the art gym. Just get a, get, a, get a gym membership and be gym. done with it. If you want to go to the gym, don't do it in the dog. You can play, go playing golf, but don't play golf, <laughs> particularly in Mallorca, because apparently they're, they're robbing gear out of people's bags. Did you see that story back in the papers today? Some fella at an 18... Who puts an 18,000 euro Rolex into your golf bag as you're so, taking out your putter? Somebody who can afford to go to Mallorca for a golf holiday, I suggest. The criminals are so bad, apparently, that they're even building fake greens... How could you build a fake green? Like create a new green. What? Bit of astroturf. They put in a new fake green, the criminals, like, and as if the greenkeepers didn't spot it, like. (laughs) And then apparently people play golf on the green, which is a fake one, and down upon them comes the thieves and the robbers. It's like it's like Robin Hood. But like, how do you, like, you know when, you, I, I, those of you who are familiar with golf will know if you go to a, a, a club, you get uh, like a scorecard to put down your score and on the back of it there's a map for all the holes. <laughs> the like, do you know, yeah, I'm wondering is there a big like fake green avoid here on the back of the scorecard, you know, don't be, <laughs> but like, <laughs> a, Val, Val Dor like golf in more ways than one. I was going to say it's a whole new meaning to chipping in. 
<laughs> no, I mean, the 19th hole was usually the bar. Yeah. I think that's par, uh, That's normally a par five or par six, isn't it? I remember at the old, the open years ago, there was a fellow who was a streaker and there was an arrow, arrow pounding down to his backside and it said the 19th. <laughs> you could finish. Tabloids love that kind of stuff. <laughs> big, big, just while you're on there, because I was going to do this in a few minutes time, this is a big match tonight. Big night. Ireland and Le Bleu. Le Bleu. Le, the, Sellout, the, the, obviously. World number one current world champions Mbappe is up front he's a new captain a lot of politics in the French squad recently Antoine Griezmann being left out of the squad and uh, Kylian Mbappe made captain now so wouldn't it be brilliant if they played oh sure like we all, we, we're, now, we're still the, dining the out on, on Shane Long and the goal he scored against Germany to beat them 1-0 at the Aviva and like you know we this Irish team doesn't seem to be capable of beating Luxembourg but we get great results against Portugal and bigger teams so, so the pressure's off so the pubs will be busy tonight then thankfully the, the old public doesn't get a few bucks ah yeah tonight. sure it's all about the publicans isn't yeah. it it's, yeah. all, it's all about the publicans and then yeah. there's another lovely story which, which Seamus has been walking around the building with all week um, and it has to do with my daughter used to always say when she couldn't eat her dinner and she wanted to have the dessert I said well like how can she, if you're full you're full she says no I always have room for cold stuff and apparently that's been proven scientifically right yeah like, you have how, a dessert belly how does it work it what, means, it you tell means, me you yeah. tell us Seamus how does it work Jeez, you, uh, hang on give me your two, gut uh, yeah, yeah, it's your bloody story I, guess, I gave you my only copy frantically copy. researching he gave, here he now. His own only copy <laughs> apparently the minute that the, after your dinner the minute that your stomach um, the minute the sugar touches your gut your stomach gets bigger it won't it won't do it for carrots or peas or broccoli or stuff that kids hate but it does it for ice cream um, or chocolate brilliant uh, your stomach apparently upon contact with sugar even if it's full expands to make extra room is that not dessert? a biological proof that you should enjoy occasionally sweets and chocolate and you know sugar isn't necessarily the devil you know if, well, sto- if your stomach's making room for it then drive on I understand that but I've, I've been a long an advocate that if people want to have their, their dessert first or as we call it their afters first they should oh yeah that's, their, that's a strange yeah. there was somebody I used to work with that, that, that did that it's the dessert and then a starter and then dinner. And just see the with dinner. crazy person on a British Airways flight who wants to be it's compensated terrible. because she didn't get her breakfast. Um, she said she moaned that the stewards didn't bother serving her her bacon and eggs. Apparently they were too busy at the time trying to resuscitate a woman in the aisle who had died. What? Just... what? Would you like? Would, she's looking for compensation. She didn't get her breakfast because they're busy trying to resuscitate somebody who had a heart attack and, and something like that. Can you actually believe that these people exist? Do you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine being on a plane where? Can you imagine being on that plane and like, you know, I don't know, sitting next to the passenger that had unfortunately passed away during I'm this experience? Yeah, during our. Ex- well, I actually know somebody who did pass sit next to somebody who passed away in the seat. And her head Imagine dropped, reading the complaint head, afterwards. Head dropped down and was reading. She was reading a book, and her head dropped down on her chin, and everybody thought she was sleeping. Oh it was awful. Uh, during this experience, our drinks and meals were discontinued, uh, so we did not receive the flight experience we paid for. I thought, you, well, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose you could say neither did the passenger. That passed sure, away. That's, that's the serious story. Absolutely. <laughs> I, anyway. I love the story about the guy with the bailiff stall. I think I landed that in your desk. He's dead I, right. You can he, actually do that. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love this. 
Okay, what, what's the, his story? He, he was cancelled. Actually, was my brother told me about this story last week and when I heard about this passenger, I thought that's just... Because BA are getting a bit of pelters from other sides in Ireland as well. But the... the At least the, with Ryanair, you know what you're going to get. Well, that's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 this guy basically paid for a, a holiday uh, and the flights were with uh, Wizz Air, I think, over from Luton. And Wizz Air cancelled the flight last minute on this guy over in Luton and he had paid, the, I think it's some, in the bones of around £4,000 sterling for accommodation, for everything else. So he applied for compensation. They got ignored. He went to the county court. The court granted the order for the airline to pay him the money. The airline ignored it. So this guy brazenly and brilliantly rang the bailiffs, rang a bailiff's office and said, right, I have a county court order here to get my money back to 4,000 euros. You go down to Luton and you sort it out. And they rocked up. The bailiff the, rocked into the, the, the bailiffs airport. bailiffs rocked into the so airport. Gonna take the, I'm going to take the printers, I'm going to uh, take the chairs, the, the, the computers, the, <laughs> the, the thing. And it, apparently <laughs> what ended up happening was they paid out, but then they also had to pay extra stuff on top of them. So it actually cost was there way more than to just give <laughs> him the guy money back. Guy. So well I think that's brilliant. I, I love, love it. it. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Text 0868104106. Can I just mention um, everything got really busy on Friday, particularly the last hour, talking to psychics and people and what have you. I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. But it got so busy that they didn't actually manage to do with many, many shout outs at all. Well, not as many as I'd want to do for Free Food Friday. So, to those of you that got in touch, I will be doing some of those shout outs across the morning because a lot of people went to a lot of trouble. And the first batch of those shout outs to people who are regular listeners include everybody at Pipe Life in Little Island, Argos in Blackpool, uh, Tesco home delivery drivers in Ballancolic, the stroke unit at the CUH, Pharmacy First Plus Northside, the endoscopy unit even in the Bonds, ECI, JCB and Carrick Tool, GRP Roofing Supplies, Celtic Interiors in Douglas, Merview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill, Ross Oils in Fernands, Keto Products, the Pharmacy Department at the Mercy, Modern Tires, um, Valerie Walsh at the Millennium Hair Clinic in Blackpool, PepsiCo, who are always listening, Northside Tires, Union Hall Smoked Fish, Joe Crowley Oils, The Water Plant, keeping our water safe in the Lee Road, Easy Living's head office in Little Island, and also the Tidy Mechanical Repairs Company. That sounds like a great place to work, doesn't it? Tidy Mechanical Repairs in Ballycoreen. So shout-outs to you. I'll do more across the morning. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. All right, let's get stuck into it. A busy weekend. And I mentioned there were a couple of rallies on Lee side at the weekend, which actually, um, you know, it flies as well in the, in the absolute frustration of people where at the same time as people are being evicted, you have a 15-unit social housing development in Cork. Paul Byrne did it for Virgin Media News at the back end of last week down in Carrigaline. This is 15-unit social housing development. It's got 160 beds in it and yet it's been finished, completed ready to go, perfect since January and despite more than 700 expressions of interest in the homes, they just sit there. They're in no particular rush, so they're not, to get things sorted and to move on. And at the same time then, there was the rally that I'm talking about with regards to eviction was down around Parnell Place at one stage at the weekend, outside warehouses 7, 8 and 9 Parnell Place, which were sold to Cork City Council, which were sold by Cork City Council uh, to an investment group back in 2017. These vacant warehouses, and they sit there with nothing at all being done to them. Could you imagine if there were apartments built on those units, right up to the sky, whatever the amount of uh, housing and beds and uh, better lives it would provide for so many people. But anyway, um, I promised that we would cover the eviction protest and also the anti-racism 
uh, rally that was happening at the weekend and Seamus did. So we had about 100 attending a protest on Saturday against the eviction ban being lifted at the end of the month. Now some might say that was a handy number, others might say it wasn't, that it was low, uh, but housing campaigners and people who are set to lose their rental incomes were there. They addressed the crowd outside the vacant buildings on Parnell Place. That was the rally organised by uh, Mick Barry uh, and was attended by uh, 100 people including the Sinn Féin TD Tommy Gould uh, but our man Seamus Whelan was also there on Saturday. Have a listen to this. Evict the government! Not the renters! Evict the government! Not the renters! Eviction ban! Keep it! Eviction ban! Keep it! Eviction ban! Keep it! The reason we're gathering here at this location is because disgracefully these buildings were sold by Cork City Council to Tetrarch Capital Property Developers in 2018 to build a luxury hotel. But it has been idle ever since. We need public housing on public land, not luxury hotels for profit. There are 700 derelict sites within a two square kilometre radius of Cork City Centre. 700. Myself and my partner basically were in a situation where there was nothing suitable to rent in Cork City. As of yesterday, there were only 33 full uh, properties to rent in all of Cork City. Massive city, 200,000 people. Absolutely unacceptable. So we have to move back to Limerick. Uh, not too bad for me. I work from home. But my partner will have to commute back down to Cork about a four-hour round trip, give or take, uh, three, two or three days a week. So you can imagine how tired and just fed up <laughs> she's going to be. Not to mention how dangerous it is to have to drive for that long and work a full day's work. When we started the Tennessee, it was a, it was a six-month lease, which you know we weren't happy with, but we'd no other option. There was nothing else around. We took it, and then it was renewed for another six months, and now we have a final six months before we're gone. We think he's selling up. It's my own sister, who's worked all her life, has rented accommodation for the last four years, was never late a day in her life paying her rent. Her house is up for sale. She's to be out by the 15th of April with nowhere to go. A four-year-old child in school in the north side of the city. We've looked in Charleville, we've looked in Mallow. We've gone that far afield to try and get her somewhere, private accommodation, and she can't get it. She's been down to the APS, Homeless Services, who've told her now that they'll have to ring her next week. They can't give her a guarantee that they have something for her. They couldn't tell her that we can put you here or we can put you there. We don't know where she's going to go. So I think the next step really will be going into Colin Burke's office and bring the child into the office and ask him where are they going to go vote no and not to keep this eviction ban is in in fact putting children out onto the street like what government puts children onto the street. We've had a housing crisis and a homelessness crisis for more than 10 years you know. We had 12,000 people including children, including over 3,000 children, homeless and rising. People just have nowhere to go. Houses are not being built. Um, you can see derelict property here in front of you, you know. We absolutely know that these properties are not ready for people to move into right away. But what we're saying is that they're being sold by the council and vice versa. You have properties being purchased by the council and they're lying idle. They're not being worked on. Evict the government! Not the renters! Evict the government! Not the renters! Eviction ban! Keep it! Eviction ban! Keep it! Evict the government! Not the renters! Evict the government! Not the renters! Evict the government! Not the renters! 
just recently, end of, uh, of uh, August, beginning of September, uh, we got a notice to quit, uh, to leave the house because the landlord is selling the house. And with the eviction ban put in place, we got extension to 1st of May. The original date was 15th of March. And uh, it's me, it's my partner, it's our twin daughters, it's her daughter, so my stepdaughter and her mother that I'm going to visit now in CUH hospital because she came to live with us because she's 82, has dementia and uh, cannot be on her own anymore. Every week through CBL we're applying for houses. Just this week I applied for nine houses, you know, which are three bedroom, one which is four bedroom, uh, houses in Cargline on two estates. There are 25 houses in Cargline and all the representation has been sent on our behalf through the TDs to Cork County Council, but nothing yet. And we have 37 days to leave the house. We have nowhere to go. One of my twin daughters has, uh, she's a specter of autism. She's with CDNT in Middleton on a waiting list from Cope Foundation and they said nothing before summer she wouldn't be assessed. And because of that we cannot uh, put the medical information through housing and explain to them we're on medical priority now my partner's mother is medical priority as well uh, we have another twin daughter who has developed mental issues because she's back into her pull-ups because of the stress that she, we're going through every day we are trying every day I cannot work because of uh, COPD that I have after developing COVID uh, and so it's really tough on us, it's really hard, I do want to work, I, I want, uh, my partner wants to work and everything but we have to have sense of security and roof over our heads first. The decision to go ahead with lifting the eviction ban was supported by Fianna Fáil, by Fianna Gael, by the Green Party and by independents, right-wing independents. So people can't put their faith in the doll to protect renters at this point. Uh, people need to put their faith in protest. And hopefully uh, today's protest uh, is the start of something and that we see a wave of protest across the country in the next week. Uh, look at what they're doing in France at the moment. I mean, massive protests against uh, the so-called pension reform, raising the age from 62 to 64. The French say what the government do, what the parliament does, the streets can undo. That's what needs to happen here and the pressure needs to be kept on the government. There's a lot of chaos coming coming down the line, I think. Um, you had even, I think Leo Varadkar said yesterday, I, I think in a, in a kind of a state of panic or something, he said that people overholding that the government are, are that the, that there's no judge going to um, evict them. So he, he's basically, it seemed to me that he was encouraging people to overhold because of the, um, because of the, I think they're getting a sense of how drastic this situation is going to become. We need to get thousands of people on the streets, not dozens or hundreds. We need to get thousands. And the way to do that is have a cross-party opposition approach with the charities, with the homeless sector, with the unions, because... I believe the government won't change their mind unless they come under sustained people power pressure. There are 750,000 people in this state renting. Every one of them knows that risk. On Tuesday, we're bringing forward a bill which is a legal binding piece of legislation. There will be a vote next Wednesday night in the Doyle. And if that's, pa if that's passed, that means the ban of evictions is extended till the 31st of January. Everyone should have a home. Everyone should have a home. 
Actually, an interesting uh, update on that with regards to the amount of people who are going to be evicted, while at the same time a texter was saying, uh, would you please ask the protesters if everyone is welcome, where will they live? Well, I don't think that might be one that would be directed to the eviction ban protesters, perhaps to the anti-racism rally. And somebody else has been sending me screen grabs saying um, there are signs now in train stations in Paris telling those who claim uh, to be Ukrainians how to get to Ireland if they don't wish to stay in France. Uh, The Red Cross and the government have a lot to answer for here. And they sent me a screen grab of it. It says, orientation upon your arrival at Cherbourg Station. If you want to stay in France, then call this number. If you want to go to Ireland, head to the ferry terminal. Uh, Here is the bus number. At the terminal, contact the Red Cross uh, and they will direct you as to how to get to Ireland. There are free phone numbers regarding that as well. I suppose being on the western fringe of Europe, of course, for many, that might be, in some ways, their destination anyway. But you can't go further west than Ireland. Text 0868104106. I think it's absolutely scandalous that you would have uh, two buildings, three buildings like that, number seven, number eight, and number nine, Parnell Place, sitting there six years after they were sold. And the ad, apparently, back when Cork City Council sold these massive big warehouses, uh, one used to be a sports shop way back in the day, it was Floor Grivens, I believe, uh, but or at least part of it was, but it said that the company who uh, bought the property uh, said that it was going to be a prime city centre location next to the city's main bus station, and they were working on plans to develop a hip new urban budget hotel concept aimed at the millennial traveller. Now, I suppose COVID put a stop to that gallop uh, for a year or two, but in all fairness, it was sold back in 2017, and we're well into 2023 now. Calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. One of the taps that you may have heard there as part of the uh, anti-eviction rally on Saturday afternoon in the city was Igor. And he joins me by phone. Igor, good morning. Uh, actually, he's online too now. Igor, there you are. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine, yeah. Okay, sounds to me as if your family life is in chaos. It's a complete and utter mess, is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and the yeah, clock the clock 30... is ticking on you with regards to your eviction notice. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we have 36 days to leave our property, and we have nowhere to go. Okay, and you were given the correct notice and everything, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we were given the correct notice of six months initially, which was checked by the RTB and, and it was valid. Yeah, yeah, and it was valid. Yes. And do you mind and me asking? Is 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 I just because I'm curious as to why land, landlords are giving eviction notices? In your case, are they selling the property or what? Uh, yes, uh, in our case, they are selling the property. That's the reason why we have to leave. And did they uh, say the why they need to sell it? Any idea? No, no, no. Just that we I actually got a call from our letting agent uh okay. earlier right. that uh, they're gonna sell the property and we're gonna get the notice. Now, okay, they just I wanna get out for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot a lot of the reasons are because of selling. But but I heard I heard there in that Vox you chatting to, to Seamus, you're talking about you have C O P D, which is chronic pulmonary disorder, which yes. affects your lungs. If, Yes. Is that is that from COVID? Uh, I did have uh, COVID. Uh, we all had COVID as a family, and we recovered successfully. But after that, uh, even though I was trying my best to you know work in the whole environment, I had trouble, uh, difficulty breathing, and everything. And then 
uh, that's why I alerted my GP and went to uh, some checks, x-rays, and then they found uh, that I have uh, COPD and I'm awaiting surgery now. And you uh, didn't and have COPD before uh, COVID? No. no, 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 no. Okay, no. okay. So you, and you're also saying that you have children in the family home with you. Obviously, you're a dad. Yes, yes. Uh, we have uh, twin girls that uh, they're going to be seven now in April. They're going in uh, the local born school in, in Yol. Uh, they're senior infants. Uh, one of them uh, is uh, involved with uh, CDMT in Middleton because she's a specter of autism. Uh, she's on a waiting list since May. She has been accepted since May, but uh, we have been back and forth with them and they told us that uh, she won't be seen uh, until summertime, yeah. uh, at least. There are, cro- yeah, there are chronic waiting lists, there are, absolutely, yes, and, and it's just and, getting and, worse. And, and, and we, did, we did, basically, we did fill in the form for the medical priority for her, but uh, the, uh, the county council said that uh, they need a uh, occupational therapist report, which we cannot get until she's seen, obviously, uh, officially, and we have official document okay. what's wrong with okay. her. Okay. Okay. We have another uh, 15-year-old, uh, she's my stepdaughter, she's my partner, daughter, and uh, she's involved with CAMS as well, uh, so uh, that's the thing, and then uh, on top of that, we uh, have my partner's mom, uh, which uh, we uh, brought here because she couldn't live on her own anymore, and we wanted to you know, take care of her. And uh, in the meantime, she... Well, why would you... I, I tell you, I'm going to hold you there because I do want to finish the conversation with you. Yeah. I will come back to it. I hope you're available to take my call in about 10, maybe actually just after 10 o'clock if you don't mind. But I had been hoping and waiting that I might get an opportunity to talk with uh, Kerry Killarney solicitor, Padraig O'Connell. I know he just did a bit with uh, with Radio Kerry and he is representing the couple who were questioned uh, by uh, Gardaí and detectives uh, at the back end of last week in connection with the 1984 uh, birth and indeed death of baby John and that solicitor is Padraig O'Connell and he joins me by phone. Padraig, good morning. Morning, Neil. Thank you so much for, for taking a call. I do appreciate it. One, one interesting line, um, if you don't mind me approaching it from this angle, is a story in the examiner this morning saying, uh, with regards to your clients who were questioned, of course, released without charge, and a file goes to the DPP, is that they're saying that this could now be in limbo for many months. Is that your understanding of it, uh, Padraig? Absolutely. Well, first of all, the file has to be prepared and sent to the DPP, and I'm calling on that to be expedited. And then the DPP gets the file, and I'm calling on her to look at the file immediately and make a call on the file immediately and not to delay at all at any point in time in this very, very tragic situation where my clients have been arrested on suspicion of murder, released without charge, and not a scintilla of evidence was put to them during interviews, during the full 24 hours that they were allowed to be detained, and I'm calling on all that matter and who matter here to get this thing done over and done with as fast as possible and to have my clients exonerated. I did read also somewhere over the weekend that they are being followed and, and photographed and, and videoed and they have, they have quite a lot of press interest in their lives now. Is that true? Well, nobody's any difficulty with media interest and the vast majority of media are totally responsible. What I'm complaining about is that the lady was released without charge from Castellano Guard Station at about 8pm on Friday evening and she was mobbed in her solicitor's car leaving the Garda station by filmmakers, uh, film crews, photographers. She was filmed, she was photographed, she's an innocent woman and all that information on film and photograph is there 
what's going to happen to that, where is data protection, where's her privacy, why wasn't she given passage from the guard station on a safe basis, why was she left out of the guard station into a situation where this evolved. It's, is this then, in your terms, an invasion of privacy because none of that can be actually used, published or broadcast? Sure, of course it can't, but it's there. Somebody has it. Many people have it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, very responsible people, but yeah. they have it. Yeah. Where, how much can you say about the, the DNA or the familial DNA? Because I know you're quoted as saying... When did DNA allow someone to be an alleged murderer? You're saying that that will be a very, very high hurdle to get over. Well, what I'm saying very simply is that in custody, both volunteered their DNA and we're waiting for the results. But the results of DNA are irrelevant to an allegation of murder. It, it would, but what would it prove, the DNA? Well, let's see what it proves first and then deal with other matters at that stage? Well, I think other matters are totally strangers to the DNA issue. Mm-hmm. And also, I did read that you were saying that this has a very familiar ring to it, this current phase of the investigation, hallmarks of the botched 1984 investigation. Why, why do you say that if, if Gardy and detectives are just trying to do their job and solve it? But who's disputing that they're entitled to do their job? Of course they're entitled to do their job and of course they're entitled to try and have it resolved. My complaints are, as I've outlined, I believe there's no evidence against my clients. Yeah, but how, how does it make it hallmarks of a botched investigation? I didn't use that word. Oh, okay. Well, it, it, it's, a, it's a paragraph in the mail, but probably not a direct quote from you. But you, you... Most, certainly not a di- most certainly not a direct quote. Yeah. I wouldn't under any circumstances use that word. Do you question the validity of the arrests? I do. Yeah. Uh, and, what, and what grounds would that be? Well, it is not a question for me to answer as to what the grounds would be. The grounds have to be made out by the, the Gardaí as to the reason for the arrest. I don't believe, on hindsight, and having gone through the interview processes, that there was any grounds for the arrest. You you also said that, and I don't know what the correct terms are for fear of misquoting you, that the interviews left a a lot to be desired, putting it mildly. Is that right? Well, the interviews were done. They were, in my opinion, at parts and at times oppressive. And I'm entitled to comment on that on behalf of my clients. Mm -hmm. You you were present, obviously, for for both of those. There were two solicitors in my office present for both. Okay. and and represented by solicitors in my office. Emma Griffin solicitor and Andrew Conn solicitor at all times okay. during interviews. Okay, won't keep you, I won't keep their, you much longer. Their rights were totally protected. Okay, I won't keep you much longer because I know you're just squeezing me in, but h- how are they bearing up? How much of it can you tell us as to how your clients are feeling now? Well, I can't express how they could be feeling because they're in a total state of shock. Can you imagine a knock at the door and you're arrested on suspicion of murder? You've never been in the guard station in your life. You've never had as much as a penalty point I'd ask anyone to put themselves in that position. They had no knowledge of their status as suspects, having never been spoken to previously by Gardaí investigating. Had they, had they hadn't actually, because I know there was a dragnet of DNA checking and testing, they weren't part of that originally. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, do you think that the Gardaí could have handled it better than just arriving, knocking and arresting? I know, I'm not questioning that at all. Okay, okay. Okay, so it's a waiting game now to 
for two things, the DNA to come back and the DPP to come back? Well, you voted the DPP comes back, the file has to go to the DPP. So I'm calling on the Garthi to get the file to the DPP as fast as possible. And then I'm calling on the DPP herself to make yes. a decision on the file as fast as possible. And is it the, is it the case that the, the, the couple themselves can't go back to their home now? Did I read that somewhere? They have to go somewhere else for privacy. Well, that's a personal choice to have, but they are free to go back to their home. Yeah. And is, the, is there much, because um, we don't know where in, in, in Munster they are, for instance, um, but uh, is there much support for them? I did read somewhere on the weekend that many people are angry about how this is playing out locally. I wouldn't be aware of that. You're not in a position to comment on that. I'm not in a position to comment on that. No. Okay. Listen, thank you so much, Podrick, for taking the call. I do appreciate it. Much obliged to you. Take care. That's the Killarney solicitor, Podrick O'Connell, who is uh, representing the couple. And I'm reading again from uh, the Sunday World yesterday. A couple arrested on suspicion of the murder of the Kerry baby named John repeatedly and vehemently denied to Gardaí during interview that they played any role in the five-day-old infant's murder. The woman uh, involved in this identified by a familial DNA sample as the probable murder mother mother of baby John is the daughter of a deceased Garda who passed away a number of years prior to the infant's murder in 1984. Uh, sources say her familial link this would be uh, a DNA sample that would be taken by, taken from somebody else in the extended family that would be able to trace a link to her. That's my understanding of familial DLA, DNA. Sources say her link to the deceased Garda will be looked at to see if it impacted on the original 84 murder probe, which resulted in the innocent Kerry woman, Joanne Hayes, being wrongly charged with baby John's murder. Okay, uh, my apologies for stopping my conversation with Igor on the basis of chatting with the Podrick O'Connell, but I had to uh, seize the moment when it arose. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. And we'll come back to calls after 10 this morning. Big response, though, when we were talking about uh, the um, baby John's death back in 1984 on the air on Friday morning um, and we had a lot of calls on it and one of them and a lot of the texts and calls uh, and indeed emails are centred around my conversation with Anthony. Um, Anthony is a listener to this programme. We don't call Anthony. Some people were suggesting that we call Anthony to stoke the fires. That is not the case. Anthony is a regular and loyal listener to the show and is entitled to be heard um, sometimes kept under reins um, if needs be and he's entitled to be heard as much as anybody else, in my opinion. So there is nothing intentional uh, when Anthony comes on the air. It is on his own back and of his own volition. But I did get an email from Tyke who said, I'm just contacting you in response to Anthony comments, Anthony's comments on the air. Now, this isn't a personal attack, but every time Anthony comes on, it's nothing but insults and disrespect and I believe rudeness. You always say that you like to accentuate the positive and I like that about you. But then you let him on and he just comes on and spews, in my opinion, nonsense. He goes out of his way to insult people and rub, pe- rub people up the wrong way. I remember he was on recently, he was complaining about women's products on television and then he was talking about the Enoch Burke case. He kept saying things like the Adams family and in fairness, you pulled him up on that. But that's just more of his rhetoric again and again. He doesn't make any valid points, just insults. 
As for the Burks, the court's time is being wasted by Enoch Burke and his family. The utter disrespect and contempt of court to the laws of this country and to the judges by the Burks is unacceptable. The way Enoch Burke is acting is nothing short of a disgrace. He can have his beliefs, but he doesn't mean he can carry on like a spoiled child and not when he doesn't get what he wants. Answer me this, Neil, for example. If someone from the travelling community carried on in the same way as Enoch, would they be allowed to go home that evening? I doubt it. I think we're all sick and tired of Enoch's cribbing. I'll finish with this. Uh, We are all different. We all like different music. We all like different clothes, styles, movies. We're all different. So why the hell is anyone else's business? If you're gay, bisexual, if you're trans, if you're black, Chinese, Russian, if you want to walk downtown with a dress and high heels and you have a beard, who effing cares? It's no one else's business. We're only visitors on this planet, so we don't have any right about what others do or like. We have to get over it and focus on our own lives, and that should be that. So thank you for that, uh, Tig. Interesting. I don't necessarily agree that Anthony doesn't make any valid points and just insults. I think he makes a lot of valid points down through the years. And In fact, uh, he came back to me over the weekend saying, further to our conversation last week, And the fact that I was referred to as an idiot on a number of occasions and also referred to as a twat by a caller. Anthony says, I would like to state I only mentioned actual facts. And I did say from the off that I felt the treatment of the Hayes family was appalling. I do think people still seem to refuse to acknowledge, though, the disposal or someone disposing of a child in a horrific way and never brought to justice for it. This, of course, is a reference to Joanne Hayes' own stillborn baby. The facts are, that baby's name was Shane, the facts are baby Shane is never spoken about, but baby John is. Two innocent newborn children that were both disposed of in a disgusting manner. To then hear people say Ireland was hypocritical at the time, 40 years later, people still don't want to talk or acknowledge that baby Shane had a short life, if any, under horrific circumstances. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And that was Anthony's response, which he is entitled to. And he sent it by email to neil at redfm.ie. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. That's me. Uh, Anthony on the air offended a lot of women with his judgmental comments on Joanne Hayes. I thought Ireland had moved on from that. There was no support for young women who got pregnant in those times. She was frightened and her baby was stillborn. She didn't um, end the life of a baby. It was stillborn. But she did suffer enough in being accused of murder of another baby. He should understand that and apologize. I am a man too and can't understand how a man can stand in judgment of a young woman who was impregnated by a man who conveniently disappeared. Why wasn't the father brought to trial? Uh, What about the nuns in Besbara and hospitals who secretly disposed of babies who had died in their care? Some hospitals took babies' body parts for science uh, and disposed of the organs without consulting the mothers. Why doesn't Anthony protest about those cases instead of judging Joanne Hayes, who was just a frightened young woman in rural Ireland in the 1980s? Um, The Ireland we had at the time of the Kerry Babies case, Neil, was controlled by the church. 
the fear of the church and nothing seems to have changed. And then a lot of criticism. And, you know, rightly so with regards to sentencing in Irish courts. You remember the sentencing of the guy who uh, did unbelievable physical and mental damage to Alana Quinn Idris. It's another scandalous sentence. Uh, The man in jail hit her once, but the belt that apparently caused the loss of her eye was caused by another gang member with the seat of a scooter that strangely has never been found. Let alone was that person charged. Uh, And one other person says, the judge said young people do stupid things. Really? The case of the girl who got her eye knocked out is an awful crime. And the judge saying stupid things made it far worse for Alana Quinn Idris. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. And let me address Friday's programme with regards to the psychic Michael Henry. Now, um, quite a lot of varying opinions on this. And at one stage on Friday, I said, I would be happy to bring uh, Michael back on air again a little later on Monday morning, as in this morning, if people wish me to do so. But there was a lot of pushback. A lot of people thought it was amazing. Uh, One or two of the first calls that he took on air were pretty astonishing. But there was another two afterwards then that just did not work out for him. I, I, I guess... In a live radio scenario, when you're talking to somebody on one phone and you're on another phone, it's got to be difficult for the best psychic in the world. Um, that's just my own thoughts on it. Um, but a number of people said, oh no, uh, what a load of nonsense. Everyone connects butterflies and robins with the dead and feathers too. What you are putting us through is a load of BS I'm switching off. Uh, more here genuinely the worst call reader I've heard uh, Neil you are hyping him up like the second coming it's embarrassing for all involved Um, not great radio Neil I have to turn it off Um, and other people talking in a similar vein some of them actually (laughs) saying things that aren't broadcastable so I'll leave those ones out but quite an amount of pushback in that regard mind you uh, having said that An awful lot of people also were asking for a reading. Um, I'd love a reading to see how my daughter and grandson are doing. It would make my life better to hear from them. And that'd be all very well if, say, for instance, something happened during a telephone call on air. But I can't guarantee that. Um, Others then saying, uh, uh, I would like to ask your medium or your psychic medium if you can sense if my mom is okay and happy and has any messages for me. I miss her so much and I would love to hear from her again, says Carolina in Balancholic. There are pages of these. Uh, I saw Michael Henry in the Commons Hotel a few years back. While queuing to get inside, he came up to me and asked me if I was a teacher. He told me he could hear that I was going to be a great teacher. I laughed it off thinking I would never become a teacher. And a few weeks later, I got the offer and the opportunity to teach a group of teens for a 12-week course. That's just one thing he mentioned. But at the time, I laughed it off. And then there's more. Uh load of rubbish, time to change the channel imagine the poor vulnerable people listening, they'll be queuing up to pay cash that they don't have, all because of you giving free advertising another one here, what a load of BS and then as I say, many emails from other people who were saying that they would like it uh, a reading and if at all possible would they be able to come on air so that's the deal there, Um, I'm reading those out as a precursor to say do people want to have some readings again after 11 o'clock or do people feel that it is pointless, that it is too hard to do, um, that it's all a load of BS? I will leave it up to you guys. So text 086 and you guys make the decision. Park it, give away some tickets and move on 
or do some more calls a little later on. I got a lovely response from the family of the late Victor Butler, also known as Victor Frank. Uh, Hi, Neil. We are the family of the late Victor Butler, and we would love to thank you and to Pamela from Soby Brown for the lovely, lovely tribute paid to him on the air recently. It put a smile on our faces at a difficult time. Kind regards to you and all of your listeners. Tony Butler, who will be the son of the late, great hairdresser, a man who employed many and trained many, who then went on to open their own salons, and they in turn trained many, many more hairdressers. All thanks to Victor Butler from Victor Franks. Text 0868-104-106. Back to Igor after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Back to the phone lines. I temporarily post or just paused my conversation with Igor. He joins me again by phone. Igor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm grand. Uh, I have a roof over my head, which, of course, you won't have in about 30 to 35 days. So you, you were saying no. you, you, you got COPD from COVID. Your daughter is awaiting yeah. an, an autumn diagnosis. Your other daughter, sadly, is back to wearing nappies because of stress. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. That's, that's correct. And that's obviously causing us, you know, uh, in, enough issues as, as it is because obviously kids at this age are, you know, uh, supposed to be fully body trained and everything. Yeah. And, and is she way uh, beyond nappy wearing age? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, she she was actually fully body trained uh, at the appropriate age that you would expect right. kids yeah. to be body trained and then she just reverted back and uh, that's it, you know. And, and why does they, she have they, stress and worry? How much of your predicament is your child aware of? Uh, well, well, to be honest with you, we're trying not to stress them out with the situation that is happening, but they, they, they are seeing, you know, that things are happening and uh, they just keep uh, saying to us that they don't leave, uh, want to leave the house. They don't want to leave their toys, although that we're explaining to them that everything in the house is our own and that we're going to bring that to whatever new property that we're going to go we're going to bring that stuff in, you know, so they're not going to lose anything, but they, they just, you know, are, are aware of, yeah, of yeah. what's, what's yeah. happening. And you have been, somebody was saying in that Fox that there was it 33 uh, rental properties available on Daft in Cork on Friday, I think, yes. 33, yeah. good God. Yes, and the, the problem with that, uh, Neil, is that I recently got uh, a letter from uh, CBL because ever since we are on the housing list... The choice-based le- letting where you go on, check yeah, out yeah, what's available yeah. and bid. Yes, yeah. every week. Every week we go there and... Uh, there are, there uh, are tens of thousands. Well, there are certainly many thousands like you, though. Yeah, but see, the thing is that we were uh, thinking of, you know, staying in Yo because kids go to school here. Our older daughter is on her leaving cert and everything. And uh, we just got a letter of CBO saying that we uh, didn't bid on much properties, right? So then we started looking other areas as well at the moment because uh, okay. we just want a roof anywhere, over our head. Anywhere. Yeah. Uh, were, you, were, all you, were your kids born here? Yes, uh, the twins were born here in 2016 in CUH. Okay, and your daughter, who's at Leaving Cert, was she born here? No, she was born in Croatia. Okay, and she was you... from my partner's for, former marriage. Oh, I she see. Okay, I understand. Stepdad, yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everybody came here for what you thought would be a better life. I mean, was yeah, it ever? And, I mean, and, and were, I... Were, like, were you were you working and providing and everything before COVID or what? 
Absolutely, absolutely. I was I was working uh, various jobs. I was providing for my my family. My partner uh, uh, took here a, a course in uh, nursing on the uh, local education center here in Yol, and she finished that. She has a QKR level five in nursing, and then she went on to be uh, on UCC as yeah. a mature student nurse for uh, uh, intellectual disability, which obviously... She's uh, highly she skilled, then. Is she, is she working in that area? No, no, no. She she had to postpone that. Uh, she had to postpone that because of her, you know, mom and and things with her dad were bad enough. And then her dad passed away in 2018. Uh, and, and so you have a mother-in-law uh, who's living with you, 82, with dementia. Yes, and she's, yes she's full, that's full-time care then. Yes, it is. And uh, unfortunately, what has happened is that uh, she recently had a fall out of the bed. She broke her hip. She was brought to CUH any. She broke her hip. And then after the hip surgery, which was successful, they uh, 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 noticed that uh, she had a low heart rate. So they put a pacemaker okay. in her yeah. though. Okay. And then uh, we're just every day we're going to hospital to to see her because obviously there's a language barrier because her mom doesn't speak any English. But yeah, and yeah, okay. But so to anybody that might criticize you, and some are for not working, because somebody says here the man with COPD says he can't work. I'm 54 years old with COPD, and I've been I've worked all the way through it the last 10 years. But sure, even if that were the case, it doesn't really matter whether you're working or not in Ireland anymore. You just even if you were working, you couldn't get a house. No, no, that's the thing, like, because uh, before uh, before uh, we uh, moved to Yo, we were living in Cork and uh, we were looking for a bigger house, obviously, because of the kids being born and having to have more space and everything. And at the time I was working, at the time I had uh, cash money in my pocket for, you know, to rent a house. And it was hard enough back then in 2018 when yeah. there was no crisis like this. And where, where, where Whether you're working or not now doesn't do anything with regards to, no. if, you know, if there's only 31 or 32 up on daft. It's just that no. there's, a, there's a lot of people, you know, for want of a better word, saying, um, you know, well, at least if you were out working for a living, it might help in some way, shape or form. You're saying you yeah. can't. No, no, I, I, I just can't at the moment. I'm, I'm hoping that after the surgery that I will receive that things will come, you know, better and I will be able to work again, which I do want to. I, I don't want to be out of work, uh, you know, and I do want to work. Obviously, I want to provide for my family. I, I want to set them on the right path and everything. But at, at the moment, things are yeah, what they are. Uh, and at, at the moment, I'm actually concentrating to get a roof over our head. I have been speaking to threshold on numerous occasions to housing on numerous occasions uh threshold has actually advised me that if we don't find anywhere uh to go uh rather than uh be on the streets to stay in the house which would be overholding that's called overholding even even the even the taoiseach has kind of hinted at that now landlords won't be happy to hear that because many of them are selling out of necessity yes Yes, yes, they they are, and and the 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 thing about it is that uh, we we cannot be obviously longer in in a property. Uh, I had a conversation with our letting agent. She actually called housing. If housing, uh, if Cork County Council would be interested in buying our property to let us in, like tenant in situ situation, and the uh, the housing department said no, basically. Uh, they have to be out of the house. House, house has to be advertised as for sale, and then we can 
potentially down the line by the house, but then again, it won't be guaranteed that it Bernard won't be Pope for you. So that's a red herring. So that's a dead end. I have to ask you though, Igor, and I know that your small yeah. children, the twins, are going to primary school in Ireland. Would life be any better back in Croatia? Uh, actually, no. Uh, actually, no. That's the reason why we came uh, to Ireland for better quality of life, for better quality of uh, education. Uh, because, see, the thing is that uh, one of the twins uh, who is on uh, spectrum of autism, uh, she would be put in a special school back in Croatia and she would be uh, going through a lot of bullying uh, in, in Croatia because that's a different kind of thing in Croatia. There's no such support for, for children like that, for disability in general, for 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 all kinds of that. There's a lot of uh, bullying and much more stress about it. Uh, um, so that would be the one of the main reasons why you wouldn't go back to your homeland because of your no, daughter. No, yeah, protect your no, daughter. No, and and yeah. Obvi- yeah, and obviously because of you know better opportunities for 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 work and life balance here than 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 in Croatia. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll stay on after the eviction date passes? Mm, in Ireland, in the house that you're in now. Uh, to be honest, I I, I don't know. Uh, what what we're gonna do? Uh, I was speaking to to housing, and housing said that two weeks prior, that is our eviction date on first of May. We have to come and meet with them, which will be assessed, and then will be assessed for emergency accommodation. But again, uh, I was being told that there's obviously no emergency accommodation in court. There's a waiting list for even that. So yeah, I yeah. don't know where yeah. they're gonna put us. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, what what's going to happen? Because uh, the I, government I voted to lift the eviction ban for reasons yes. best known to them uh, and put yes. people on the streets. So if there's no guest house, hotel room or B&B, um, then no. you will all be split up. Yeah, I, I presume so. I presume so. Uh, what what uh, what I was maybe, maybe thinking because there must, uh, or might be a way of doing things is uh, to get in touch with the uh, landlord through the agency and and ask them can we go uh maybe uh past the date uh because just we don't have anywhere to go and see how they you know would would potentially react to that and plead for an extension yes 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 yeah yeah um the latest data from housing shows that the number of homeless people already stands at eleven thousand seven hundred and fifty four that includes three and a half thousand children. It's the highest number of homeless individuals since records began um, nearly a decade ago. You would just yes. be added to that list. And possibly if you were lucky, you might get a hotel room or a few of them, or you might get a bed and breakfast or whatever. Or in fact, the family might be split up. You would go yes. to Simon or Vincent de Paul, your yes. partner, and the children would go to Edel House. I have no idea what would happen to your 82-year-old suffering uh, with dementia mother-in-law. I have no idea where she would go. Do you? Yeah, look, we're, we're, we're still hoping, we're still, you know, hoping for, for the best and we're emailing uh, housing uh, every day, updating our file with all the information as much as possible we can. Uh, recently, just last week on CBL, in Yo particularly, uh, there were uh, nine ho- social houses uh, that are were, were available on CBO. We bid on that. Uh, there are three-bedroom houses. There's one four-bedroom house as well in Yo, 
and uh, what I have been, uh, you know, telling the the housing department of uh, Cork County Council is that uh, uh, that we have actually, you know, connections here uh, with kids going to school yes, and, yeah. uh, and everything, yeah. Ra- yeah. R- rather than people who are living elsewhere and they just tick the all as an area of their interest, but they don't have any real connection. Whereas you like, do, not, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that anybody uh, shouldn't pick the area of of their choice but like we should be kind of you know prioritized especially because we have a leaving date of first of may as opposed to somebody who might not have i know uh, eviction notice uh, know. on their hands and uh, they're just relocating for, for the sake of it of, of relocating well it's, you know? it's not that it's they're they're desperate so desperate that they would take a house anywhere in their defense yes yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I appreciate their predicament as well. Well, listen, um, best of luck with whatever option manages to work out, whether you get an offer from council or indeed, indeed, if I hear anything, I'll be in touch with you. Or if the landlord agrees to an extension, that would be a temporary solution. But if I hear of anything, I'll be back to you. But do stay in touch, all right? Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Uh, we'll stay, stay in touch and any update uh, that goes our, our way, you. I'll be you know happy to share. And thank you so much for bringing... Uh, 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 our story on, on the air. Well, everybody and, uh, has an individual exclusive life story and we're here to listen to them. Yeah. Thank you, Igor. Mind yourself. Take Thank care you. for now. Thank Igor Zupan. Uh, lines open, text 0868104106. I have cancer, says Pat. As a self-employed, I'm not getting any welfare. So I have to keep working with cancer despite getting chemo. I have to pay my mortgage, my bills, my taxes. Why do the people protesting on Saturday have a right to housing not having to work. Why do I have to work with stage four cancer, but they don't have to? Since when has a government been responsible for someone's children? I have to clothe and look after my own children. Why am I forced to work to pay for myself and others who don't seem to want to work, but feel they're entitled to everything with zero personal responsibility? And they say the country treats them unfairly. It's the working people of Ireland that deserve and need the break, says Pat. By text to 0868 104 106. There was another um, rally on Lee side over the weekend, and I want to bring you some audio from that in a, in a few minutes' time. But I'll stay with phone lines if you don't mind. Fimber, good morning. Morning. All right. Um, why do you use the term Ireland is a dumping ground? What, what does that mean? Well, it says every national deal is coming here, though, have shifted on to us. They're Everyone, all... every every country nearly in the world is over here. It's a rebel laughing stock. People move around, you know, to different countries. They move around. There's a guy who came over here from, from Croatia just on there. And his mother-in-law came with him. Mother-in-law followed over after her husband died because yeah. she has she has a, she has advanced dementia, and her daughter needed to care for her. Her daughter happens to be rearing a family in Ireland, and Croatia's oh, in. Back home over there, so the house, she had the house over in their country. Asked the him that. Yeah, I asked him that. They shouldn't shouldn't have to go back though, should they? Why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't I say this their country? Um, children are born here. The twins are born here. They're going to primary school here. Does that count for anything? No, no. What about all the people that went to fishing and had they stayed in England? What what about them? They went there well yeah, they went there to work, but he came over. A lot of people a lot of people stayed, yeah. 
We want to be. We want to get out of the European Union if you want to be sending other people back home. You know, because they're all part of well, the that's EU. That's the thing. That's the very that's the thing. Both there, they should never went into it. They the can't EU. stand on their own. Ireland okay. can't stand on their own. Yeah, yeah. Anything is happening, they have to wait and they get to, to go ahead from Europe. So they're, they're I don't want to have here for because they're not running the country. Europe is running the country. <laughs> as simple as that. And people want to exercise up to the run and, 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 and get out the streets. They're on there about this thing about being racist. There's no longer being racist. racist. People are just telling the truth. What is the truth? That's right. About the people, the people that's here. That we, uh, that we have no room, TV. that we have no places in schools, yeah. that we have nowhere no. to put people from the point of view of housing. Yes, but your, your show mom was on there not long ago. There was crazy women with it. About two or three months ago, fully, to want the Minister for the Education. Yeah. And she said there was no room for the house, no schools, you couldn't get them in, there was unread, there was not, no, no room in the end. They were packed up. And yet there's four, there's 14,000. Yes, full. Yeah, they're full now, yeah. It's about nearly, no, nearly 15,000 Ukrainian children, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put, them in there, put them in there. So you want to send all them home as well, do you? Well, what business have they here? So there's, there's only one fraction over in Ukraine where they're bombing. What's wrong with the rest of the country, their own country? There's so, people that's going over on, on holidays over the past of their country and staying in hotels. Why didn't they go down to them hotels? So when people criticise that there isn't enough for everybody and bringing more people in makes it even worse, they're called racist. Again, you feel that's an unfair term to use someone who's... They're called racist straight away because they're standing up for, for the... They're telling the truth, they're standing up for their own Irish. Irish. We, yeah, but and that goes and that goes for every one of them that came in here. They're Irish. You have people coming in here. That, there's a guy there. I tell you, it's amazing me. He's Nigerian. Came with the rugby team in Ireland. I know. I wouldn't want to be personalising things at all in any in any well, way, shape, or form. He's not, he's not Irish. I don't know oh, whether the man. I don't know whether the man is or isn't. Nor the sky above he's him. He's not Irish. All right. He was right. only here two years. And he got he got citizenship here. Okay. He gained citizenship because he was he was. What's wrong with making a new life and getting involved uh, in sports no, in a new country? No, going he, through he, the process he, and staying in, say, for instance, um, refugee accommodation or in an, an asylum centre for a period of time, having your case heard and being granted citizenship and living here. What's wrong with that? Citizenship after two years. Whatever the case may be, whether it's two years or two yeah. months or three years, whatever the case may be, if you go through the right process and you're granted citizenship to stay, and you work, and you thrive, and you play sport, and you rear a family. So what's wrong with that? But if they had citizenship, where are they going to stay? Where's the house from? That's a if big problem. Out, if they're coming out of their dead, to the few places, if we keep... Direct provision. A lot of them, are in, a lot of them stay in direct provision. provision. Yeah, yeah. It's direct, oh, you're changing out direct permission, sorry. Well, it must be more sure glamorized. It's like no, it's not, it's far from right. glamorous. It's just the term they use for it, direct permission. It is provision. glamorous because they have, their, they have their four meals, five meals, so what All right. No okay. problem to them. Okay. Yeah, there you are. So, so right. there you are. There's the truth, love here. Not right. racist, the truth. 
Thanks, Finbar. Take care. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. There was a protest on uh, in the city on... Not a protest. I shouldn't use the term protest. It was a rally. It was an anti-racism rally that happened in the city on Saturday. It coincided with the United Nations World Anti-Racism Day, demanding housing and health care for all and to be a welcoming society and a welcoming country to those that come in to join us. So that was an interesting rally. Uh, they say upwards of 300 people attended amongst them uh, with Seamus Whelan. Sorry, my apologies. This is the one. Do you see what they're putting in where I'm living? 400 immigrant men, not even vaccinated, not even, not, not even, what they're living into Dublin, I'm not standing for it, no Irish people, but no car people are having it. They're not wanted her, like, go home. We can't house our own, our own on the streets, dying, dying. And they can't house our home, but they can all come into our country and get what they want. And Sinn Féin and McBarry should be ashamed of their lives. Shame their lives, what they should be. Is it just yourself or there others? I'm on my own, I don't need anyone. I stand what I have to say for me and my kids. And that's it. People are probably aware of what the intimidation being put up with the staff in the city library by a bunch of homophobic talks over the last number of weeks. And I know a number of us have been here speaking with the staff and we're making it very clear that we are standing full support behind the staff in the city library. They have our full support. Look back to Nazi Germany. First, they banned books. Then, they burned books. And finally, they ended up burning people. So this has to be stopped. We have to stand in solidarity with the people in the, uh, the Cork City Library. I'm fine, I'm British, I live here, I've lived here over 40 years and I think it's awful that this is a republic and Irish people were treated like hell in the rest of the world when they were trying to go to places, fleeing and we're here now and we're throwing out people because of their colour and seeing young male and single, I have two sons every young male is not a rapist, every young male is not... Do you know, and it's desperate to, to, to put that on them. You know, I get on where I am, I suppose, but after a long few years. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's taken me this about over 20 years. You know, my kids, like, my, especially one of my sons got uh, tortured. Do you know what I mean? Because of who I was. And I thought, that was, you know, I, I went through a very bad time, you know, thinking, oh my God, just who I was born into. I was born a traveller and this, my child is getting treated like this. You know? And, you know, slow. I think slowly but surely, it's it gets a little bit better, but then we're back down the rung of the ladder again. You know, and you, you're start to, you feel like you're, you're climbing, you know, start to... You're kind of going two steps forward and three steps three back. Three steps back and it's like, is this the way it's always going to be? You know what I mean? It's it's not fair. I was just talking to myself and my friend here about about the rise of the the far right. I know and a lot of people say, oh, it's a minuscule, it's a small it's a small community, it's a small margin, but we have to be alert and it's very dangerous, you know? We want to support that and Ireland always is seen in Europe and in Africa as a country that that's, that's fair, fairer than many, many European countries. And we have to keep that. And myself, I'm from Morocco originally, but I've been in Ireland nearly for 50 years. So uh, I've seen the progress and I've seen how, you know, the Irish basically are good 
good people, you know, they have, have a lot of time for the Irish. I, I think it's, it's really ironic that you have these people who are setting themselves up supposedly as the, you know, defending Irish culture and values who are really acting so utterly in contrary to what is Irish culture and values and inviting in people, you know, from the British far right and that who are, you know, vehemently racistly anti-Irish. You know, for a lot in America, for the right in America, they have this completely false idea of Ireland as this white Catholic bastion of, like, European values or something, when the reality couldn't be further from the truth. And there's this money coming into Ireland from these British and American far-right groups. And what was really clear there is how little support they had. You had a group that flyered all over the north side into deprived areas where they thought their message would, would find fertile ground. And they didn't manage to get half a dozen people who were genuinely from Cork to turn up. Yet there was an overwhelming number of people who wanted to say that our country is a better country, our country is a richer country, our, con our country benefits from people arriving in here. The amount of people I have as friends from all over the world who say that they feel so welcome in Cork, that they feel safer here than they do where they grew up, that they feel more valued here than where they grew up. That is patriotism. That is loving your country. I'm a migrant, so the one question I hate is where you're from. Totally hate it because it immediately creates a divide and everyone always says that the question is to find something that's common between the two people in a conversation. But I think it's time to ask a different question to find what's common between you and I. I am here because I'm appalled and disgusted at the racism, the homophobia, the transphobia, the violence and hatred towards uh, migrant and refugee communities. Uh, I think it's completely unacceptable. I think it's to say it's hypocritical for the Irish to be so um, against refugees and people fleeing their homeland looking for somewhere safe. To say it's hypocritical is an understatement. We have plenty of room. We should be welcoming people. You know, it could happen to anyone that you get displaced, that you lose your home, that you lose your sense of safety. And I think the best thing that anyone can do for anyone in that situation is welcome them. And that is the least that we should be doing. And instead of blaming victims of that, we should be blaming the government for not doing enough for everyone in this country, yes. no matter where they've come from, no matter who they are, and no matter what their identity is. Say it loud, say it clear. Welcome Jesus, welcome here. My human rights are under attack. Stand up, fight back. It's a human right to be a refugee. It's a human right to ask for asylum. And it's a human right to come into a country without a passport to ask for asylum. It's also very well known that a lot of people live in misery at the moment, have housing problems, and some of these people are drawn into the right by the way they talk, and it's not always right, but we have to just show them that there's a better way.
than uh, blaming your refugees and asylum seekers and other migrants. It seems like there's a, a big contradiction in our society where we, we think that we're standing up against um, racism and we're shouting for everyone's rights and yet we forget travellers and they're treated as second-class citizens. For, so um, that comes under the banner of anti-racism for me, so that's why I'm here. Um, it's across the board, um, the racism. It could happen here in town today if I decide to walk in and into one of the shops here in town today I could be followed around more than likely I will be followed around simply because I'm a traveller if I decide um, to put a comment or to comment on something on Facebook about travellers and what they're facing um, you're more than likely to get hundreds of comments about um, travellers not being um, an ethnic minority group and that where I suppose there's a lot of stereotypes out there about the traveller community um, when in fact travellers have been part of Irish society for hundreds of years you know so there's so many different examples of racism the travellers face on a daily basis. That's across the board between services and service providers um, accessing healthcare, accessing accommodation. Um, it's, it's very, I suppose, it's typical for travellers to expect to be uh, discriminated against um, at least once a day, if not more than that. Well, it's common sense that racism is a form of hate any form of hate must be must be those out like it must be put out like a fire that's basically it that's only common sense when you teach your children the same thing anyone anyone that's living in a normal society will be teaching their children the same thing as the anti-racism rally uh, on Saturday afternoon amazing responses I really enjoyed that actually listening to people's voices like that it was that was incredible audio um, one of the few came that I just just made some notes on there somebody says we have plenty of room. Now, I'm just not—I'm not taking anybody to task here. But the same person said in the same sen- in the same sentence. Then we should blame the government. Uh, but what what are we blaming the government for? If if you say there is plenty of room, uh, but yet of course um, it, you can see the statistics staring us in the face that there's nowhere uh, to live. Uh, somebody else made some very interesting points about when somebody asks somebody with an accent from overseas, "Where are you from?" That's insulting and should not be tolerated. Um, that, that, okay, and if that's how somebody feels, fair enough. You know, that, that's, that's the way you feel. But if you ever travel overseas, for instance, I mean, and, and we all do, like, I'm forever being asked, say, if I'm in America, as to where are you from? Um, you know, it's not as if I see it as being a derogatory comment or they're loading the question to give me grief about being in a country because of my accent. Some of us are just genuinely interested and curious and it's a, it's a conversation. It's just being friendly. It's not meant to be intimidating. I thought that the, the woman who was from the traveling community was extremely, was very powerful. powerful. She, was, she was actually talking about profiling, where people can be profiled, where as a traveler, she said she more than likely if she walked in to, uh, and, and was identifiable as, but by, by whatever means, I'm not 100% sure, identifiable as a traveller, that you would be followed around a shop or a department store or whatever uh, by a member of staff for fear that she would rob something. Um, and then another very interesting one was is the person who said it's a human right to come into a country without a passport. And you kind of say, well, like nobody should be allowed to come into a country without being able to produce documents. But then people say at, at the rally would say, yeah, but what if you were fleeing quickly or you came from a country where you were never provided with a passport in the first place? You never had documents or you were getting out so fast that you couldn't hold on to the documents. So you lost them. 
I get that. But how did you get on a plane or a ferry in the first place to get here and not have documents when you arrive? So it's very interesting, but a very powerful response. We've got calls on the way. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And regarding the guard investigation into the death of baby John, it should be noted that all of the original guardi who investigated the Kerry baby's case were all promoted and all given pay rises for a botched job paying people for their incompetence. Yes, we are talking about almost 40 years ago and uh, policing has vastly improved since uh, the carry-on back in the 80s. I would hope that Ireland has vastly improved. If uh, the two people in Kerry are innocent, why should they be worried? The DNA will decide the result and they must already know themselves if they are innocent or not. Yeah, but, um, and that's fair enough, and I don't mean in any way to uh, impede investigations or DNA or the, the DPP or anything, but it's, it's, it's the waiting for an awful lot of people. It's the waiting as Tom Petty said in the song, it's the waiting is the hardest part. Now, uh, to the text who said, the Echo said there were hundreds at the protest. There was about 50. I saw for myself more Echo lies. I'm assuming you're referring to the eviction, the anti-eviction protest. So I asked Seamus, because he was at both of them, I said, how many were there? And he says that he did a count. There were 80 at the anti-eviction protest and there were around about 300 at the anti-racism rally. So that is an independent source, Seamus, and I trust him and they are the correct numbers if he tells me those are the numbers. Back to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. Right, so where, where are we at with this? Did you hear that, Vox? What did you make of it? I did, I did. You actually put your finger on a few points like that were very uh, <clears throat> prominent. That's a, a woman saying you can, should come into the country without a passport and you, you know, you figured it out. You can't get on the plane at another side without documentation. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're fleeing. And if you are fleeing from conflict, there isn't a hope in hell that you got to the airport and there was a plane waiting on the, on the tarmac for to take you away straight away. So, the, so you're, like back we, to, you're back to destroying the documents, is it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And this thing about that there's room for everybody. There wasn't room for our own, to house our own 20 years ago. And, and, and our population has certainly swelled by then. Now... The Labour Party now are going to build a million houses. Well, I tell you, the way things are going, a million houses won't do. Because we have people arriving uh, on the nose. Is that uh, a politician's from, lips moving and we're believing them or ah, something again? Ah, sure, sure, listen, look, I know, I know full well. It was a, a good soundbite, though, you know? <clears throat> you know, like, this is a, a point in the sky. 20 so. years ago, Fianna Fáil had the slogan, uh, lots done, more to do. And that was ah, all about yeah, housing and health. Yeah. So you know where we are with yeah. their promises. Yeah, that was... That was probably a cover-up they were talking about, you know. <laughs> That's the cork sense <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, humor for I'm, you. I'm, so, I'm sorry for being sarcastic, but, you know, sometimes uh, the truth is, is, also, is also told in birth, you know. So what, so what is the truth? Um, the, we, are, we full, is, are we full? Um, we, we, are, are we, people we, have a human right to, uh, to apply for asylum and refugee status? They do, but, uh, like, when is enough? And it... it uh, this don't work when you're throwing your own out in the street to house them. So what are we gonna what are we gonna do? Because if somebody well, says something like that, you're a racist. Ah, oh, yes, but you look. I have no problem with uh, about that being said. I know exactly where I'm coming from. Common sense must prevail in all matters, uh, and, we, and we have people arriving. And, and you know, we now have truckloads of uh, young uh, males, single males coming. And a question that I'd like uh, answered by some politician is, when the Irish government decide to give them uh, an Irish passport, which they will, are they going to be integrated into our police force? 
uh, our army, our navy, and all the other uh, aspects of our security of our country without any vetting done. Why do you hone in on security? Why aren't you honing in on the the safety of the the community at large? Maybe you are well, in that sense. Like, oh, like say, oh, 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 would they would they oh, be allowed to work with children? Would they be allowed to work oh, in hospitals? Yeah. Would they be allowed to work in yeah. schools? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, the whole the whole shebang. Anything to do with the civil service. <clears throat> so, and you'd have to be. Well, point? you would have to be guarded, vetted, and I'm assuming that that is a, a very stringent process. Yeah, but how could you do that? You don't know where they came from. But you would say to the individual, "Yeah, sure, if you want to work here, and that's what you want to do and be trained for, you got to be you got to be able to prove to us first uh, that you're of of sound mind and sound character. And if you can't, sling your hook to another job, pal." Yeah, yeah, but you listen. We already have people holding Irish passports who are on an international uh, arrest warrant for being members of criminal gangs who are responsible for the murder of people in Amsterdam. But sure, the vast majority of murders and, and assaults and criminality that's going on in this country are Irish people. Oh, I know. These are, uh, these are running uh, arms and they're running uh, human trafficking as well. Because, uh, they're, on a, they're on a special raid list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, they got Irish passports. And so tell me how were they there? And they're amongst us. Well, they're out of the country. They're, they're in the wind at the moment they're, uh, because they have several aliases. You know, but uh, every international uh, uh, airport is on the, and to look out for them. You see... They're well, do- they're well, docu- they're well documented among the security forces, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and <clears throat> so we're now adding, we're now adding uh, to the numbers. So you can just turn up and just kid me the father. We had, we had a large contingent of American people who came over for St. Patrick's Day. There wasn't one of them left into the country without a visa. Mm. Mm. And they were all documented as they left as well. Because, they how much time uh, they but you're like, common sense will tell you that's because each and every one of them wanted to go home again. So they would have had passports. But people who, yeah. Yeah. who, who yeah. don't have passports are either tearing them up on the plane, right? Or they genuinely yeah. don't have documentation and they need help and they need it urgently. Yeah, yes. Yes, but when they arrived at, at, at their dif- different des- destinations across the states, they, they head for uh, for Ireland, Dublin, or Shannon, or, or, or wherever. Right? That's about nine, yeah, maybe yeah. ten thousand. Now we have a problem with it. Yeah, with. and amongst that nine or ten thousand, a, a percentage of them don't have passports. But there's seventy, eighty, ninety, maybe a hundred thousand others that will be here legitimately from, say, likes of Ukraine and war-torn areas between well, now and the end of the year. We, we understand about the Ukrainians coming because uh, they, they, were, they were caught in a trap. And, and, and they, were, they were moving through Poland, Romania. So, like, I mean, that's a genuine situation. And none of us had a problem with women and children getting out of the country uh, when they were being attacked by a lunatic, you know? And, and, uh, but we had people who had to make five different changes to get to Ireland. And, I mean, there's signs, there's signs up in Calais. Uh, so let's tell you how, to, okay. how to get to Ireland. There are, yeah, there are. Yeah. Well, there are signs in Shorberg saying to Ukrainian yeah. refugees if they want to get to Ireland, but anybody oh, okay. can but, pick up on that. But, so yeah, let, let, across, let's say that. Okay, yeah. so let's say, just finally, that from now on, from this date forward, that anybody that landed in an Irish airport or on an Irish ferry port without documentation would be automatically sent back from whence they came, right? Well, we had. Would that we be had enough five, then? Uh, no, you have to deal with the people who already came in. We had 5,000 came to Dublin Airport. One was arrested uh, for some reason, and but it was never followed up. 
by uh, the, what you call it, national immigration. The worry is and, that this is, these are criminals wanting to come in to exploit Ireland for criminal gain. It could be drugs, it could be trafficking well, of uh, yeah. uh, of people, yeah. it, it could be just general criminality. Yeah, but you listen, if I went out to you for a job in the morning, you'd have to know all about me before you could hire me, wouldn't you? But what I'm saying to you is, let's say that was stopped in the morning. Would that be enough? Should that, that, that will only what? make a small dent. Okay, it'll, it'll probably keep us safer, but it won't solve a housing or a healthcare and education problem. No, no, no but it, it will send out the message that Ireland, Ireland's borders are not open. They just turn up. And Ireland you know? is not and, just and a soft touch. No, and, yeah. and, and, it, and you also then, the, the people who came in without documentation, somebody must know where they are. I mean, we have 4,000 people in the wind as it is that the government don't know where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you worry? Do you worry that we see more court reports with people from overseas in our courts? Uh, that's a possibility, also. Yeah. 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 Okay. You okay. know, and, and like uh, the, the, as for the the government, the government certainly set the scene because they now have two they now have two pieces of our society screaming at one another on the streets that you're a racist because you have a concern for your country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been most places and I've worked with a lot of different nationalities. Uh, I've hired them and I've had no problem with them. They've had no problem with me. And uh, we all gone on. Has but anybody ever, have you correctly. ever said to somebody, where are you from? Uh, uh, yes, I've asked people uh, out of concern to make sure that they were being treated correctly and they were being paid properly. But even in conversation, have you ever said, where are you from? To which the response was, you're insulting. No, I've never had that. I've never, I've I've never, never had, had it either, no. so they may be no. thinking it, but they've never said it to me. No, because most of the times they would be maybe come from a country that I visited and I would you know, ask them how are things there, how's the economy going and, and what's happening, you know? Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. Okay, cheers for that, John. Actually, I, the, la- the last time I did it and, uh, and there was no issue in the wide earthly world, I was down in the, mar- the marina market uh, during the week because I wanted to meet the chef down there. He's got the, uh, the stew house, you know, they do the fantastic stews, Indian and Greek dishes, gorgeous stews. He's a fabulous chef. He's a, he was a chef in the Montanati. He was a chef in the Maryborough and he went out on his own and does some fantastic food down there. And I asked him, I said, where you were from originally? And he said to me, India. And then we went on to have the most amazing conversation. And he was planning, because I'm mad keen to go to India at some stage. And he told me exactly what to do, where to go, the different cultures, the types of food, and everything like that. And we must have spent 15 or 20 minutes chatting down on the marina market, all because I asked what country he was originally from. And it wasn't meant in an insulting way. He didn't take it as insulting. He was, I was actually showing an interest in his country, wanting to visit there. Oh, and by the way, he's got the most incredible food uh, at the stew house it's absolutely awesome um, there is a dish there bloody hell what's, it, what's that what's that Greek dish um, uh, kleftika is it a kleftika it's the lamb stew <gasps> Meh. Die for it. Check it out. Down the Marina Market. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. The Neil Prenderville Show. That's Red me. FM. And more shout-outs because I got really bogged down with stuff on Friday in a very good way. So a lot of the shout-outs didn't happen for Free Food Friday. Toss O'Brien and all the staff from Fumoy. Long insulation in Ballyvalan. NSD Accounts Management Department are always listening. So are PH, PFH in Little Island. Mox Bar and the Bandon Road. Try again on Friday for Free Food Friday, guys. My apologies for not reading out all of the texts 
on Friday morning. House of Hare and Kinsale, Balafihan Healthcare Centre, Mallow Primary Healthcare, the Operations and Transport Team at the National Seaways in the Port in Tivoli, Amy's Laser and Beauty Clinic in Balancholic, MCK Electrical in Toker, Middleton Community Hospital, Building Stone in Cork, O'Regan Tarmac and O'Regan Quarry Products, as well as Barogue Healthcare Day Services in Mayfield and the ICT Department at the CUH. Good morning to all. So more shout outs again between now and midday today. It is also a free food Friday, your opportunity to win uh, donuts for you and all of your colleagues. So make sure you're texting who you are and where you are and why you deserve uh, our big feed of donuts again this morning. Um, Offbeat Donuts will be providing uh, upwards of 50, depending on how many there are in the business. So text who you are and where you are and the Red Patrollers will be delivering donuts this lunchtime. Text who you are and where you are to 86 8104 A lot of texts this morning. One of them um, is uh, interesting to say the least because uh, I get an awful lot of grief for things that are not of my making. But uh, can I bring to your attention that something great and positive happened at the Harp Bar on Saturday night? Don't understand why you haven't picked up on it as you usually pick up off the block to report... But Anya, Sarah and the staff uh, put on a lip sync event and raised €5,000 for Cork Missing Persons Search and Rescue. Huge congratulations to all involved. And I'm happy to read that out. Why wouldn't I be happy to read that out? Are you suggesting that there's some ulterior motive? I have absolutely no issue in the whole wide earthly world with anybody or anything that happens in the heart bar. If people are getting in touch reporting events, the good, the bad and the ugly, and they are creditable stories. I will share them um, including the good and I know that down through the years the Harp Bar does an awful lot of good. Can I just say personally, I think in recent times with regards to much of the stories involving the Harp Bar, I actually think that I've been played by some people right in the middle. I think I've been played by people who possibly have their own agenda against the Harp Bar for whatever reason and I'm going to be much more cognizant and aware of that going forward. Um, So enough said on that matter but anyway five grand raised for Cork Missing Persons Search and Rescue to all involved at the Harp Bar take a bow. Lines are open pick up the phone on 0818104106 back to the phone lines we go. David good morning. Good morning Neil. Okay you want to talk about PPS numbers? Yeah well um, John was on the table before before the the news about the the, the, the passports being issued but on Friday's Irish Examiner Kira Phelan the political correspondent um, had a nice little article as regards the amount of PPS numbers that were issued in Ireland last year 306,000 now like 306,000 could be an awful lot of Irish people turning 18 right or something like that no no uh, uh, I'll read it out no India India 21,000 471 in comparison to 13,000 the year before. Romania, 15,000. Spain, 9,000. Algeria, 1,500. France, 47,000 in comparison to 3,000 the year before. France? France, nearly 50,000 French people got PPS numbers. Yes, in comparison to 3,000 in 2021. No, that is weird beyond belief. Could it be people who claim? Could it be people who claim French nationality from other countries, though? Well, I don't know, but I mean, Colin Brooks is, is, is involved in this as well. But like the thing is, if you look, he said, if you look at the figures for Spain, for example, over nine thousand were issued last year, and there's a thirteen thousand unemployment rate in Spain, but people are travelling to Ireland to work here. But no, the next point in is... Yeah, you know, I don't have an issue. Like, I don't, I mean, maybe we shouldn't have an issue with any of the figures. But you're aware of the amount of tech companies and call centres and people setting up here who oh, need yeah. international and, languages. 
and data centers as well. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like the thing is, you know, the, the, the other half of that, you know, it's like the housing, you know, the housing crisis and people being evicted in three weeks' time over their homes. Like, sure, 47,000 French, like, where are they going to live? Why would there have been 3,000 French applications for PPS numbers in 2021 and nearly 47,500 the year after. What, what's, did anybody drill into that number? Yeah, no, I just got to go into the figures there from Kerry Kerry Field. Like, uh, uh, in India, 20, no, I suppose there are, I know there are a lot of Indian doctors and Indian nurses and all the hospitals around the country, but um, 21,471 uh from Indian thirteen people. and a half thousand, yeah, yeah, 14, and sixty, 20, uh, yeah. nearly sixty-nine PPS numbers for Ukrainians. Uh, yeah. Sixty, yeah, sixty-nine thousand for Ukrainians. Yeah, well, it's what's okay. like they're coming from the wall situation, like you know what I mean. And to answer my own question about Irish nationals getting PPS numbers, fifty-seven thousand PPS numbers were allocated to children whose births were registered. So um, they might not even necessarily be. Anyway, that, that's that, that's the number. So do you have yeah, do you have an issue? Do you have an issue with the three hundred and six thousand overseas um, people coming here and getting a PPS number? Well, if people, well. If, if genuine people like I suppose I mean so we oh, people here and there they, they go to all over Europe um, nurses and doctors and and uh, different different people in, the, in different jobs head to Europe and they head but to the America PPS, I know that but the PPS numbers in 2020 were 132,000 um, yeah, yeah yeah 2019 it was 196,000 but last year 306,000 Three hundred six thousand, yeah, yeah, two hundred ninety-six thousand in two thousand nineteen, yeah. But I suppose the people, people, it's a uh, well, big bounce, though. Uh, well, funny enough, no, Neil. I was watching a program last night on television, airport security in Rome, and this guy was stopped coming through customs, and uh, until about twenty-five, twenty-six, and uh, he looked a bit suspicious. So they brought him in and asked him, um, "What were his intentions? Where was he going?" He said, "I'm going to Dublin." He said. He's from Albania. Right. He said, I believe Ireland um, are very good um, for taking people, uh, asylum people in from different countries. So I'm heading to Dublin, he said. Yeah, yeah. We are, but we are known for that, though. You can't blame the guy for that. That's oh, what yeah, he's I understand that. But yeah, yeah, that, that was in a program uh, on Sky last yeah. night. It just happened to so you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have anybody from outside the EU coming here unless they have a real credible reason, is it? Well, I mean, if a person, if, if, I mean, if, if you're in, in a European country, you know, and you're kind of, um, like, you know, you know, the wages in Spain and Portugal and places are pretty low. Like, so if you want, and if, you're a, if you have a decent job and you want to travel to um, and uh, make a better life for yourself, I suppose you're quite entitled to So over. that could be I, said I, about the 306,000 people who applied from India, Romania, Spain, Algeria, France and Brazil, that they, the Brazil figure the year before was 2,600. The last year was six. Sixteen and a half thousand. That's a huge jump. Big huge. problem. Big problem. There is housing, but they all want a PPS number to work, uh, David. To work. Yeah, but they, they, but I mean, like in in ten or fifteen years' time, we're going to have massive apartments down the docks, and like that's right, like twenty six thousand people down the docks, living uh, walking down there in in, in offices. But like, where are the where are the buildings? There's thousands of them down there already, and I have no idea where they're all living. According to Fianna Fáil, like, oh, we built 30,000 homes last year, the, first, the biggest in the state, history of the state. 
But like, where are they going to, where are they going to haul, uh, where, where are we going to house all these people, 206,000 people coming into the country? Where are they going to live? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, now, already somebody's saying to me that I'm living in cloud cuckoo land. It isn't necessarily to work. A lot of people will need the PPS number to get state benefit. Okay, all right. That's true too, yeah. yeah. Neil, as I was just happy to make one quick I want to find out from people in this, around the city. Um, I'm a huge, uh, since, since I was a young fellow, like a huge GS support. Right, yeah, never missed a cock game for 40 years. Travel all over the country watching them, but yeah. the state of our hurling and football like I watched Limerick and Tipperary on Saturday, and the two goalkeepers could have gone up into the stand and sat down as spectators because none of the two teams had any interest in trying to get a goal, right? Yeah, Limerick ended up at 28 points. 90% of them were from their own half, from 80 yards out. What are you saying here, that, that that team's no longer yeah, hungry no. for goals, is it? No, Limerick this year, I think, have got one goal in about eight matches. Their average for points is around 32 to 28, 32. That's when they go every week. Yeah, but is it, what are you saying? Are you saying that they're not hungry for goals, I'm asking you? No, they're, no the, the, holding, the, 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 the way holding is played has completely changed to the time when they, back in the 70s when you were Charlie McCarthy and Sean Leary banging in three and four or five goals in every game. <laughs> I, I wouldn't pay 30 euros to go in to see. I, I would call that, Neil, a long puck competition shooting from 80 yards out. That was done. That's and fine then, talk and, and, then, and the football is 10 times worse because they come up the field from the halfway line, six forty-six passes up to the full forward line. They can't find the player to put the ball over the bar and then they recycle it and go back out to the halfway line again and come all the way up the field again there's about 60 passes involved <laughs> and unfortunately and the last pass has gone astray and the whole thing broke down now that's the state of Gaelic football and there's no more goals in hurling anymore so hurling and football are national sports Quivine are in decline rapidly well I look I tell you David there's a, there's a great sport being played out at Turners Cross on a Friday night if you want to come out Cork City playing Drada if you want to come out watch that instead you're more than welcome to come well, out can you guarantee him goals I, I, I can't guarantee anything in life certainly not goals <laughs> at Turners Cross but well, I know I understand uh, the point that David's making in fairness David you're, uh, you're right you know, I'm, going, I'm going to Mosgrave Park for a night to watch Sunday as well playing their second half rugby game ah sure look that's, that's, no, that's no good ah look each man to their own but definitely like Limerick I suppose this has gone down a total different train of thought but very quickly to explain it I suppose Limerick were very successful the last couple of years because not interested in the technicalities now of, of, of Limerick playing other people it's no, just, just nobody scoring goals basically Limerick set the blueprint because all they're scoring so many points from midfield that they don't need to score goals it's boring they're saying it's that boring. Well, 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 it's boring why would you need it's, it it's boring yeah it makes for boring and they're saying that they should increase the amount that goals are worth to try and increase why would, you need to score more? why would you need two corner forwards in a team if you're not giving any chance to get a goal? Well, should the goalie should have to go up into the stands and sit down? So. As he said, as he said, that's what Dave said. He said the two of them could have gone up, and that's our their, coaches that's and doing. trainers telling them take your points, never mind the goal. Never mind the goals. It's too much effort for it's a risk versus reward. But it's a spectator sport. I mean, really, it's about if you're down in the All Ireland final, are you going to worry about spectators? You worry about spectators when you parade the trophy. No, but it's nothing as boring. I mean, I remember in the this is no comparison, but I remember in the nineties. The big serve, big serve game of many players mm. in tennis. It made the game for like maybe five or six years. It was mind-numbingly boring because all they had well, was yeah. massive serves, and but it was no entertainment level. But you see, that's not down to the players, or that's down to the GA to try and 
make it more difficult for teams to play that certain style if that if that, that's if that's yeah. what they want or otherwise, otherwise right. it just becomes a cyclical thing and teams find a way to defend against it and then it all patters out last year last year's alone final Limerick won it they got 31 points and 24 of them came from the other half the other one half of the field yeah. now is that a, is that a spectacle would you pay 80 euros to watch that. They're, they're saying they need to one of, the, one of the things they can do actually is they can make the slitters heavier or they can make them harder to puck them further so it, 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 it means get that on with it then get that done will you yeah. get that done. <laughs> I'll, I'll get on it there yeah well I found your Fitbit today so we're on a roll <laughs> <laughs> my Fitbit needs his own Instagram page anyway David thanks for that man I'm quite sure we'll get a lot of responses to it appreciate it as always text 0868104106 have a good one remember you're also texting for our Monday munchies uh, courtesy of ourselves an offbeat donuts creating circles of obsessions and magic moments so depending on the size of your company upwards or up to 60 donuts could be deserved, delivered red patrollers will pick them up from offbeat donuts on french church street the cookie and cream donuts will be in there the caramel crumble the peanut butter cup the chocolate orange the salted caramel pecan and the classic glazed and many more to start the week so you need to text or whatsapp who you are and where you are, and most importantly, why you deserve the Monday Munchie Treat. Text or WhatsApp 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Uh, thank you. Many, many texts on different topics. Again this morning, did you hear the story that Murren said this morning on Ireland AM regarding housing? She said a couple she knows kept bumping into the same woman during several different house viewings. When they finally got talking to her, the woman said, if you see me in the queue for a viewing, you might as well not bother going further because I'm working for a Chinese investment fund and we will outbid everyone else for the property. Now that is happening in spite of what uh, Michal Martin said to me on air a couple of, uh, well, maybe a year, year and a half ago where I challenged them and I said it is not happening, but it is happening. You do have uh, groups and conglomerates coming to are coming and bidding on properties, in some cases, multiple properties. Uh, and that's what they do uh, for all sorts of different reasons. It could be an investment firm uh, who want to invest in the property to buy them. It's happening in rental properties as well. Um, I think that one of the big changes that probably needs to be looked at, if at all possible, is that if there are new developments and big new companies coming into Ireland, that's fantastic and they've got the land for it. But surely, be to God, some portion of land should be put aside now when that business is being built or the you know the infrastructure has been put in to put in accommodation as well because no matter like basic sums tell you um, that with people coming and people being born here there just isn't enough housing to go around I mean that's not calling somebody racist it's just simple maths to be quite honest with you now text 0868104106 if I went to Poland with my twin girls and my mother with dementia would I get a house and medical help I'm Irish I'm absolutely sick of the entitlement crap from other nationalities who come here Go back to where you came from if you're not happy here. I worked in England in the late 90s, but I did not take, take, take. I worked, worked and worked. And that's a reference to a call earlier on with Igor, who finds himself uh, um, about to be evicted on the 31st of April. Can't come on air as I have a meeting with Tommy Gould. I too had an eviction notice which comes into effect in July. The reason people are angry is not because they're racist, because there's no emergency accommodation, because it's full up with refugees and asylum seekers. I'm Irish born and bred. I've worked here all my life, paid taxes all my life. And because emergency accommodation is full up, I will be on the streets. Yes, it's the government and the EU's fault. But the people who are coming know that we're full, but they keep coming nonetheless. So it's their fault too. 
And one final one. I know of non-nationals who are claiming considerable amounts for HAP every month and claiming everything under the sun who are walking around town with manicured nails uh, when their partners come home in the evening, they go out to their cleaning jobs. It's a complete shambles. We are being bled dry in this country. The elephant in the room for me is how many adults in their 20s, 30s and 40s are living with their parents. If there's no accommodation, we shouldn't be taking any more people from abroad. Yeah, they, they, I think the figure that you're referring to is quite substantial, particularly 30-somethings still living or back living at home. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Um, a big response this morning to my question as to whether you would like Michael Henry, the psychic medium, back on air again this morning. And in spite of some criticism to Friday's programme, the overwhelming response was yes. So with that in mind, Michael joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. Good morning. It Good was morning, it was quite mixed, and and in your defence, I was saying it's not an easy thing to do, but quite mixed nonetheless. Do you, do you get that often? Uh, well, I mean, generally, I'm the people I meet would be actually at my show. Correct. It's, it's yeah. invested yeah. to be yeah. there, so I try to avoid skeptics. You know, it's, I, I respect other people's opinions, but you are right to say that. I mean, literally, for the skeptics out there, I'm giving messages and connections literally on somebody's voice that's all not even seeing a picture okay now i know that the international hotel show is already sold out right that's amazing well done but we have some tickets to give away for the charleville park show uh, on the 20th of april so here's what i'm going to do i'm certainly because i got a huge response by text and email from people who wanted to have a chat with you so it's to be fair to everybody if it's working and you're getting something i'll stay with the call but if it's not i'm going to move on to the next one is that okay Michael, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, that's, that's exactly the way to do it, you know. Okay, okay. O- otherwise, you know, if it's not going to work and you're not getting a vibe, um, we're, you know, we're kind of eating into time for other people. So, Carolyn, good morning. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, Neil. Okay, go ahead. Um, you, you can do the chatting, Michael, whatever you wish to say to Carolyn. Oh, okay, I, I understand. Charlene, uh, Charlene yes? Uh, Carolyn. Carolyn, Carolyn, okay. okay. Yeah. Carolyn, just out of curiosity, I am, I'm... I'm sensing, who is the first, have you a daughter uh, around the age of 30, 32? No. Okay, because I'm picking up, because I thought you said your name was Charlene, and immediately I'm thinking of a girl in my head around the age of 30. Is it, is it how somebody spells their name? Is that important? Not, not always, but um, it's, it's whatever pops in my head. So is, have you got a, a sister around that age? No, she'd be older than me as well. Okay, okay. So, yeah. can't change it anyway. The, the, the initial yeah. C is very strong, okay? Well, now, I do feel you're... C, uh, there is somebody C, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, also, C-man. there's a C in spurt. There's a C in spurt as well? Yeah. Yep. Now, your energy is very low at the moment, okay? So, I it feel is. I'm going to... I'm going to blame medication without going too much into it. I feel well, you're getting wrong. Well, that's actually very relevant, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is. You pick up a... Yeah. You pick up a spirit, or a spirit is low because of sickness, yes. is it? Yeah, I would have had breast cancer. Yes, you see. Yeah. So, so at the moment, I, um, I obviously can't give medical advice, but I, no. I'm inclined that you're very intuitive, and I feel that did you know you're getting the wrong advice at the moment? I would say you probably need to get a second opinion. Okay. Wow. Now, I also feel I also feel there's um, a father energy around you. Okay. I also feel that you've been very unlucky in life. Would that make sense? Uh, in a sense, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. So I, I feel you're 100 very positive. You want to stay strong, but there's been a series of unlucky events, okay? I also yes. want to bring your attention to the accident. Mm. Yes, this yeah. is going back two generations. I feel there was a grandfather or a father who lost uh, his life through an accident. Right. That sounds like you're, you, you don't understand what I'm, what I'm talking no. about. Robbie, now in a minute it might come to me, but you know what the... the yes, <laughs> when you're, and yeah. Sean, who's Sean to you? Um, a brother-in-law. Okay, so it could be linked to his his side of the family. But were you right? anxious to talk to somebody or connect with somebody, Carolyn? I was, uh, my aunt. Okay, not, sense, not sensing... A, yeah, not sensing a female energy around you, more a male. Okay. There's, okay, I think there's a lot of males that are in your family more so than females. Does that make sense? Um, like half Tommy? and half, really. Yeah, Tom, my aunt's Tommy, from a large family, and my my dad. Yeah, yeah. Who's Tom? Tommy. Uh, my granddad. Yeah, so that that's who we were talking about. Remember, I said about the accident two generations right. back. I actually referenced grandfather, so that's right. who I'm connecting with. What's okay? he, what, when you say connecting? What do you mean regarding your? You have her grandfather's I, I, spirit. Yes, yes, very much so. And I feel that I, I feel that he's very much around her because of the illness. So, because immediately when I started speaking to you, I got a, I got the name Charlene, and I then now I'm getting Tommy, and I'm also saying Tommy's your grandfather, which you understand. So I yes. feel if you do a bit of research, you'll feel that Charlene is linked to your grandfather, who's called Tommy. Does he? Does, does, he, do, does he? Does he have anything to say? I, I feel just, he's telling me that he's very much around her at the moment. Her energy's okay. low and that she's feeling very unlucky. I also feel there's a wedding that you're, you, have you just got a wedding invite? No, I have no, no weddings coming Okay, well, because well, I feel like I'm getting, you should have went to the wedding. So this must be a wedding invite that, that, that the wedding's already happened. But right. you didn't go. Mm, no. Okay, okay. okay. But, but well, he, then I'm moving. In relation I'm, with Charlene... Yeah. Uh, like my aunt's name would have been Christine. Okay. Okay. Well, then that's. Um, I mean, I do feel without without trying to get a cop out. I feel if you're on medication, it can affect the energy, the aura. So okay. I, okay. I mean, immediately I picked up uh, Charlene. You're saying so not your aunt who passed away, Carolyn, but your grandfather. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've got something in your hand at the moment. What is that? Is it is it rosary beads? No, I've them under my pillow. <laughs> Okay, because I've been told about the rosary beads, all right? And I'm also oh, been told I gave about Christine Paul. rosary beads um, when she was dying, and I put them into the, she had them in the coffin with her. Wow. Yes, and, and, and I do feel Paul... Is he talking is a, about, a very, though, is he talking about those rosary beads to you? Yes. Now, when he says talking and, and to the listeners, that means he's having a full-blown conversation with me. At, at the moment, I'm literally just getting, like, very stopped, very stopped, just one, one word or I'm getting images or symbols. Does he say so that me, it was a nice thing to give the rosary beads and put them in the coffin? I, I, I think the rosary beads are important to her because I feel that she's a lady of prayer and I feel that at the moment she has started to give up on her prayers because she feels that nobody is listening. Like, you know, that, that song, Unanswered Prayers? Yeah. So do you understand that at the moment? You're, you're literally getting down, well, you were up to about a week ago, you were getting down on your hands and knees and praying. Um, I would pray last year. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
And okay. I feel recently you've started to, in the last week, you've stopped doing that. Would you understand that? I would, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm starting to lose Michael, so I'm going to need him to move around in his phone line. I hope you get some consolation from that, Caroline, and look yeah. after yourself, all right? Yeah. And okay. if there's any tickets going, you might... Yeah, uh, certainly a couple of tickets for you for yeah. Charleville Park. But um, uh, must be in some consolation that your grandfather's looking over, looking after you and looking over you, yeah, so that's nice. Yeah, I was a little terror. He used to say, here she comes. Okay. It isn't apparently... Thank you for that, Karen. It isn't apparently always the people that we're looking for who he claims he can connect with or connects with. It could be another loved one in the next life. Rachel. Hi. Okay, you're on the air with Michael. Go ahead. Hi. How are you? Hi, Michael. Yeah, good, good. Immediately for you, I, I feel there's a lot of patterns going to develop here. So I feel there is a cancer connection um, linked to your family. But I also yes. feel, do you work with children or are you worried about a child at the moment? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so much worried anymore. Um, my, my son had cancer. Um, he's in remission now, so I'd be worried like when the appointments are coming up. How for, do you know that, though? How, do you, like, how can you tell that? How, how can I tell that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's what I do, isn't it? I mean, that's why you're selling out at events. But how, you know who I mean? told, I'll, but who to, like, are you getting that well, from that, the spirit world or from her voice or, or what? I, I, well, I'm, I'm connecting with spirit. I, I, the, the spirit energy hasn't identified themselves just yet, but it's so strong that it's coming from uh, literally just, it, it was triggered by her voice. So, so I feel <laughs> if, I'm get, if I'm getting it that quick, you're actually connecting, you're, you're talking to this lovely person in spirit and I feel there's a male and female that you lost within quite quick succession. Would that understand? Would you make sense? Um, I would have lost a male, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, and who passed through suicide? Um, I actually have two, a brother and a, a close friend. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, mm. and I, I do feel at the moment you're also worried about another family member because I see somebody on like um, some sort of machine or somebody's in the hospital. Who's that? Um, there's no one in hospital at the moment, no. But my mum was well, a couple of weeks ago. She's going for surgery okay. next month. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like she's in and out of hospital a lot. There's also worries about the effects of anesthetic on her. Um. Maybe she's worried, yeah. She'd be very nervous, yeah. But you yeah, did lose yeah, two... I'm, you, you, he's just picking up on two people that you lost who were close to you, right, Rachel? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, well, one would be my brother, so he, he would be very close to... He would have been, he would have been my to, son's godfather, you know what I mean? So your brother, yeah. Go ahead, Michael, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is literally who I feel I'm connected strongly with. And I feel yeah. he had a nickname as well. Oh, that's my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. it's almost like something something to do with jumping or movement, the, the nickname? No, no. Like, like, um, like, you know, something to do with Skippy or something with a Y at the end? No, no. Yeah, well, there's definitely a connection. Or what, what, what was his nickname? His, nick- his name was Padre, but we used to call him Paul. Okay, no, no. Yeah. Why you used to call him who? You used to call him... Paul. Paul. Because in the first yeah. message, um, I don't know if the callers remembered, in the first message as we were leaving uh, that lovely lady, I was saying Paul, the connection of Paul. So so I feel like Paul was already coming through. Because obviously yeah. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but the spirits in, in are obviously aware of who's coming through or who's been allowed to speak to me. 
So, yeah. so just know, just know that they're very much around you. Um, I do feel that the issue with your mother is is going to get resolved. But there's also a legal. Yeah. There's a meeting. There's a family meeting soon, isn't there? Of on that you've insisted upon. No. Well, there should be because I feel like it's linked to a legal issue, possibly to do with the house. To do with the house. Yeah. Yeah. So, so mm. watch for that. All right. Okay. I think we're moving. Yeah. Let's see who yeah. we. Who we I, I actually. That, thank you for that. Right. That's one of the reasons why I probably would never want to get a psychic reading or anything like that, Michael, because I wouldn't want to be told of impending bad news or impending worry. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Neil, the first time I, I talked to you, remember I said I'll never be the messenger of bad news. I'm, I'm a medium. I'm a conduit, and I'm a positive person. So anything that I'm, any messages I'm getting. But if I was, if I was told by you that I had an impending legal issue, that would, but clearly, I'm not going to be happy about that. I'm not going to be breaking out the what? champagne. Um, well, do you know something? Sometimes things have to be dealt with face on. True enough. And I feel, I feel if you're getting in, a, I feel if you're having a legal issue dealt with, you're, you're in control of it. So it's going to be positive. It's going to be. It's going to work out. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And just a curse, you can hear me okay? You said something. Yeah, I know you're fine now. I was just breaking up a second ago. Fair play to you. Uh, and I know, I know it's not It's not easy what you do. I appreciate that. Anita, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are Go you? Ahead. You're chatting with Michael there. Go ahead. Hi, Michael. How are you? All good. All good, Anita. You've just got bad news, Anita. Mm. Mm, last couple no. of months. It's last couple of months. Yes, in the last couple of months, yes. Yes. I also feel there's a health worry linked to somebody in the family. Yes. Do you understand? Is that one of the reasons you're ringing up? Is it a health concern? Um, well, it's not really a health concern. Um, okay, say no, say no more. I also feel, I feel that there's a lady coming through quite strong. Um, have you started, okay. you don't strike me as somebody... You don't strike me as somebody who would plant flowers, but I feel there's a flower connection here in some way. And is this, are you trying to connect with a lady in spirit? Yes. Okay. Yes, and would you understand the flower? Would you understand the flower connection? Um, she does I want always to. bring flowers to her, yeah. yeah. She does yeah. want to collect, connect with the woman, actually. Yes, yes. But do you understand, yeah. the, sorry, I missed that bit about the flower connection? Yeah, I, I always bring flowers Um to okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's also, I feel, starting. I'm starting to hear her voice. She's very softly spoken. So I feel that before she passed, there was an issue around her throat. There was. Um, she wasn't able to kind of talk at the end where yes. she slipped yes. into a coma. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah. also, bef- before she passed, I feel a couple of months beforehand, I feel that she she's thanking you for the smoothies. So I feel you must have gave her some smoothies. I used to bring her ice cream every night. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. also feel So who are um, we who are we talking to? My mum. Very much so. And I feel do you share the yeah. same name as her? Um I do in another form. My mum's name everyone knew her as Nancy, but her Official name is Anne, and Nancy is the pet name for Anne. And okay. my own name then is Anita. Yes, and she's also got a dog in spirit. Have you recently lost a dog? Um, no, but my sister does. Okay, well, there's a dog in spirit, and I feel it's like yeah. a black and white dog. So oh, her yeah, mom is her mom is with you now, and is ta- and is saying thank you to her for laying flowers upon her grave and for giving her smoothies and ice cream. 
when yes. she couldn't drink or eat. Is she saying that? Yes, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I, I feel that she's she was a dancer because she's showing me her dancing shoes now. So I feel for a large part of her life, she was in some way a dancer. No, she wasn't. But she used to always say, if she ever got a chance to come back in the world, back to the again to live her life, that she'd love to be an acrobat because she always suffered a gymnastic because she always suffered with her bones and pain. Okay, and okay. Well, that makes sense then because I mean, she showed yeah. me these like shoes. I thought yeah, they were like something yeah. to do with dancing, but it makes sense. Yeah, oh, they're no, actually ballet shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, she and this is how. Yeah, because we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So when they leave their bodies, if they come back to loved ones here, which they'll do regularly, they'll present themselves how they, how they want you to remember them as or yeah. some sort of validation, just like you said. And can you, actually, can you see yeah. her now? or is, What are you sensing? I, 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 I don't see her, but I get a feeling of, that she's a, 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 a woman of slight frame but I do feel there was an issue with weight towards the end. Um, yeah, well, she wouldn't be, she would have been small, but not slight frame. Um, yes. Would you understand she put on a lot of weight? Um, yeah, true now she would have, now, yes. Yeah, now she's telling me, because um, she was on this warfin as well. She was on this warfin, something with bloods. Yeah, she had cancer. It wouldn't yeah. have been worse. Than John, John and Neil, remember yeah. I said from the get-go of these connections, patterns develop. Mm. The three messages, the three callers, there's all been a very strong cancer connection. Mm. Whereas the last time me and you spoke, there was no, there was no mention about mm. cancer. For, mm. yeah, so, so with regards to yourself, um, she also wants to thank you for the key ring. So you must have recently bought a new key ring on holiday or you're getting a photo put in a key ring? No. Um the last gift she ever gave me was a key ring that said, that said shop till you drop. Um, oh, that's bizarre. Okay. With all the shopping that I used to do and that was the last gift she ever gave me. She was well, always the key ring. Sister. That's why I'm picking up the key and ring. And it's a key ring. Yeah, yeah. And I still yeah, have it on my stuff. keys. Yeah. You have to stay strong. The letter R is very yeah. significant as well. Who's, who's the letter R? Um, well, her surname was Robinson. Okay, because I'm getting the, the, the letter R. But is there also somebody here, still in still here, uh, with the letter R? Kind of um, like Ryan, Robert, letter R. I have a nephew called Richard. Mm. I think I may be moving, but you stay strong. There's also an acknowledgement here about the dreams. You're getting a lot of dreams, and I think last Wednesday yes. you, you, you dreamt of her. I did. Do you feel do. any? Be- do you feel any better now, Anita, having had the chance? Oh, I do. I do. These contacts are to me are like a, a little phone call to heaven. It's amazing the accuracy yeah. in your in your case. Yeah. Absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Look after yourself, Anita. Yeah. Take care. I will. I All will. The best. All right. Mary. Good morning. Hi. Okay, you're chatting with Michael. Oh, hi, Michael. Hi. How are you doing? You nearly weren't going to make this call, weren't you? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there's a part of you, yeah, there's a part of you that was wondering. Now, is your birthday soon? No. Okay, because as I listen to your voice, I've been told about a birthday celebration. So it must be linked to somebody in your family. Um, you can check no, it out later on. Yeah, yeah. 
And the letter R, where's the letter R? Because I said we're moving, um, so the letter R connects to you in some way, either a person still here or in spirit. Um, oh, I have an uncle. Mm-hmm. Letter R, he pa- yeah. St- yeah. In spirit? Dead. No, he's yeah. dead. Yeah, he's yeah. in yeah. spirit. And he literally, would you understand that he, he literally dropped dead? Um... Yeah, he actually had a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. In a taxi. Yeah, because yeah. I feel he was here one minute, gone the next. Very much around you, also very worried about you in terms of outwardly you're trying to stay strong, but my goodness, there's so much going on in your life. Um, you're feeling a bit lost. Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. Why do you say why do you say that your mother's mother saved your life? I had a stroke in 2000, 2019 and it was actually my daughter that saved my life at the time but I just feel like I wouldn't be alive today only for my nan. Um yes. I never got to meet I never got to meet her or anything so it was Is that with the letter A? The letter A? No. Okay, okay. who's Alison to you? Because I feel like there's an Alison around you. Alison, she's my hairdresser. Very important okay. woman. Was she around you recently? <laughs> Hairdressers <laughs> actually, interestingly enough, are very psychic because they're, <laughs> they're talking to people and they're touching the crown chakra. What, what, what's the thing about Alison? Alison just does my hair. She blows dries my hair. I'm conscious, yeah, yeah, of, okay. conscious of time, guys, and I did say if okay. it wasn't happening that I would need to move yeah. on and I don't okay. mean to be rude well, to anybody in that regard. Let's, let's connect. Well, I'll meet you at Charleville. We'll see Hello. if we get a stronger connection. I'll sort out tickets for Mary. Bernice. Good morning, Neil. How are you in doing? The case Good morning, of, Michael. In the case of every single person, they wish to connect with someone they loved that has passed away. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Is that your case, Bernice? Yes, it is. It is. It is, Michael, yeah. And, it, and it is, okay. is it because they passed away quickly without being able to say your goodbyes? Yes. Okay. Yes, you're, well, you're talking about... Yeah, okay. And what, what is your first name? It's Bernice. Bernice. Okay. Interestingly enough, yeah. the last person we talked about, her dresser, I have only one sister and her name's Bernie. And uh, it's interesting, your name's Bernice, okay? Um, is there, your, your energy is completely different and the audience can hear that. Your, your energy is completely different than all the other callers. Your energy would strike me as somebody that your job very much defines you. And I think that you do, people look up to you, so you must have quite a responsible job. Um, no, I'm not working, Michael, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no, I'm not um, discounting. You're you discounting say, what what you, you do. That? I think that you do so much. Now, I say the word job, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a physical job. I think whatever you do, you impact on so many people's lives. So I don't know if you do community work or you just have a lot of extended family and you do a lot of babysitting, but you definitely make an That's impact it. on people. <laughs> what do you do? I mind my uh, grandchildren where my children go to work. And yeah, it's not just one, really like, it's a few, really isn't it? Yeah, yeah yes, exactly, there's a few. Yeah. And they do really now, mind that, Michael, yeah. Yeah, now, you've just recently been told, not that we should keep secrets, but you've just recently been told a bit of a, a bombshell about a man. Um, and it's linked in some way to, to a marriage. Sorry? I can't, about, I can't think offhand, no... Yeah, it is quite a public forum, uh, yeah. so maybe you may not want to, to, to say that. But I also do no, feel I there is a... No, I just actually can't think. 
Yeah, so it's quite specific anyway. Um, when we meet in Charleville, we can talk about it. But it's about a bombshell, about literally a male or a female, and it's about the breakup of a marriage. Oh, crikey, we won't even go there. Nothing from the other world, though, with regards to... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I feel for you, your, your mother's around you, because I feel like there's a lady coming Aww. through, and you cared for her. Yes, very much so. You see? And I do yeah, feel... Remember I said at the start, yeah. your energy is completely different. You do so much for so many other people. And you, you discounted that. You're so humble. And I feel the mother wants to come through and thank you because there's quite a big family, but you're the only one that really stepped up. Another sister, oh to a God, certain extent... That's unbelievable. Why is it unbelievable? Because that's exactly what... Because, like, my brothers are all away in Australia, Canada, Wales, my sisters in Wales, so I was actually on, the only one here. But it must be amazing for you to hear that your mother, yes. who has passed away, is now thanking you. That's bizarre, like, for... She always done that news. For being she the one that was there for time. her at the end. How, how does that make you feel? Oh, my God, that's brilliant. It makes me feel very, very good, really, because she used to always say, oh, thanks, love, now for doing that for me, or take me yeah. to a hospital appointment. And she always say, Mom, she'll look what you used to do for us when we were young, like. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm and to she's that, a very man. beautiful really lady. She's shown me her oh, face, yes. very beautiful lady. There was something on her face, though, that she's telling me it's gone now. Oh, yeah, she did. She had a mark in between her nose and her eyes. It was always <laughs> annoying her. And I was always on her to get, get it seen to. It's gone now. Wow. It's gone. That's what she's saying. Yeah. And, you know, we have to work fast. Free so cosmetic surgery in the next world. I'm delighted to hear it. Absolutely. <laughs> what a great call for you this morning, Bernice. That's lovely to hear. Yes, it's very, very uplifting. All right. And I was okay. just wondering, too, um, just before you go, I yeah. want to hold you up. Um, my brother, he passed away suddenly. Uh, we're never saying goodbye, and I just wondered about him, Michael. Is is he coming through? No, not yet, not yet. I think I think if okay. he's not coming through just yet, it's because the people here haven't accepted his loss. If that makes sense, I feel the manner oh, of, and the passing okay. was, was. Is there a police matter with this with this passing as well? Uh, there, there was the, the guards actually called to give us the news. Yeah. Okay, because I'm seeing the police uh, in some way involved. Um, I do feel that you're getting a lot of dreams, but you're not remembering them in relation to your brother. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. I, I know I have been dreaming, but I can't recollect. Bernice, did you did you ever want to be a did you ever want to be a nun? I did when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, your energy is amazing. Your but her mother isn't saying she. Her mother isn't saying she should have become a nun, though. You know. No, no, but. But it tells me a lot about the, the type of person. Her That's extraordinarily is. accurate, I have to say. Again, I'm out oh, of time, guys. I'm, I'm backed up, but I'm delighted okay. for you, Bernice. I really okay. am. I really yes. am. Yes, I'm so delighted. Michael, thank you so much. Neil, thank you for that opportunity. Oh, that listen, so I, unfortunately, I have an awful lot of other people um, who did want to get on air. Who knows what the coming week will bring. We might jump in and out again with Michael if things work out and he's got the time. Yeah, by all means. Right all to means, be, please. Michael, let's see if I can make that happen later in the week. But thank you for now. We're going to give away the five pairs of tickets for the Charleville Park Hotel gig, yeah. which is happening on the 20th of April. Doors at half past eight. People can book themselves directly there, I'm sure, yeah? The candidate or my website, michaelhenry.tv. Okay, I'm going to leave our phone lines open and if we get, and I see an off lot backed up, if we have an opportunity later in the week to chat again, then I'm happy to do so if people would like me to do just that. But thanks for now, Michael. Listen, I just want to mention something very important. Here at Red FM, we're supporting the Creative Lives Project 
who proudly highlight creative groups across Cork and they're telling us to get up and get out there, get involved, get creative and tomorrow we'll be hearing from the Mayfield Men's Sheds on the air and one member has a particularly fascinating history uh, and I want to just give you a heads up on a really great interview tomorrow on air but also they're having a meeting uh, tomorrow as well. This is the Creative Lives Project. It's the top floor of the County Hall. It's booked from 6.30 to 8pm, uh, where groups from across the city and county will be showing off exactly what they do. All of the different creative groups who are willing to take more people in and get more, more people involved from across the city and county. So the top floor of the County Hall, 6.30 to 8pm, they'll be showing off what all of these different groups do and what you could do if you wanted to be part of trying something new. So the men's sheds will be there, choirs will be there, dance troops will be there, Toastmasters will be there paint and a pint groups will be there wood turning guilds, drama groups cookery, bakery, the lot and it happens tomorrow evening, top floor of the county hall from 6.30 to 8pm we'll be talking more about that on air tomorrow uh, but pencil that in if you can make it tomorrow night, offbeat donuts for RMC Electrical, Cargoline Cheese, Johnson and Parrot dealership in Mahan Point, the clerical staff at the Mercy, Peter Gann Buckley and Barry, Riverstown Inn the school secretary is a presentation college you've guessed it, I've run out of time to Again, we'll pick a winner after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. All right, and still the texts and calls come in for the psychic medium, Michael Henry. So we'll pick up on that tomorrow and lots more besides Monday Munchies. This morning, Offbeat Donuts will be delivering up to five boxes, depending on the size of the business, of all sorts of beautiful circles of obsession, courtesy of Offbeat Donuts on French Church. Street and today's winner and those that shall receive it is a text from Marie, the school secretary at Presentation Brothers College because they just won the senior and junior cup finals and it would be lovely to celebrate that amazing achievement with some lovely donuts. Yes, but who's going to get the donuts? The teachers, the admin, management, the principal, the winning teams, the pupils, I don't know how you're going to divvy them up, but there's about 60 of them on the way to Marie, so that's your problem when they arrive. So congratulations on the wins and donuts on the way to you, courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts. Lines are open now for Moncrief. It's a Red FM exclusive gig. You can only win tickets on air if you're a Moncrief fan. We have five double passes to give away for a Red FM exclusive gig when Moncrief plays Cypress Avenue on the 12th of April. It's an exclusive gig. The only way you can get there is by winning tickets on air. So lines are open for those five sets now. Pick up the phone 0818104106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.